The opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Topeka Capital Journal, CJ Online, or Morris Communications. Well, good morning, Topeka. Rick, Rick Anderson, I should have had you do that live since you're in studio with us. I don't do anything live. I have to read everything off of a script, so I'm glad you didn't. Well, we've been hearing your voice now for two and a half years on the show. Hey, by the way, folks, Christmas right around the corner. And if you're looking for that unique Christmas gift, I mean a gift that your significant other will never forget, how about a gift certificate to Coop the Plumber? Mm, perfect. Uh, well, mm. it could be perfect. As far as a memorable gift, that would be it. Folks, all you have to do is call 267-4100. But if you've already done your Christmas shopping, please write that number down. Because you never know when you're going to have that plumbing challenge, the furnace is going to go out, and they do make emergency calls. That's why I encourage everybody that's listening to the show, write that number down. It'll just give you peace of mind. Now, Rick, do you and Chris have an emergency number list on the refrigerator? Where do you post emergency numbers? We do numbers not. We do not. In fact, I'll have to go back later and listen listen to the uh, recording of this program and make sure that I write that number down. Absolutely. 267-4100, an easy number to remember. Well, Rick, this is my last day on the air. A couple of housekeeping matters. Uh, folks, if you've been emailing me in the past, well, stop. Uh, because as of 11 o'clock this morning, the Capital Journal, they are going to pull the plug on gem.cates at cgonline.com. Uh, I've received several emails over the past couple of weeks, and I deeply appreciate so many of your comments. Uh, very heartwarming indeed. So this is the last day. This is it. This is it. And I read uh, I read that in the uh, Capital Journal this morning, Jim. But how, um, I want to let's, know how let's... Larry King beat me on the front page. <laughs> Larry King retires, he's on front page, and I'm back with the goats and the chickens on page 42C or whatever. Well, I'll tell you, the world, uh, the world works in mysterious ways, doesn't it? It's, I just think it's, I just think it's impressive that you and him got together and decided to retire at the same time. Yeah, we've got so much in common. Huh? <laughs> well, I, I, I always suspected he was on your speed dial, but now, now I know for sure. Well, there's a complaint already coming in about the Capitol Journal, and it's coming from our former fire chief, Randy Curry. He says, congratulations on your retirement. Just wondering if there will be an acknowledgement that the age stated for you in the Capitol Journal was not accurate. Well, it was fairly accurate, I suppose. Was it accurate enough? Oh, close close okay. enough, because right. I have admitted to being close to 60. <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. Close to 60. Yeah, you know, I've received so many neat emails. I really have. You yeah. Know, congratulating me on my retirement. I guess people are congratulating me because <laughs> they don't have to listen to me anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm gone. But the Democrats, the list of Democrats. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Very, very nice comments. Well, that's Democrats. interesting. Haven't heard from the Republicans. I did get a nice email from Phil Klein. Well, if you're getting a bunch from the Democrats, see, you're, huh? everybody had some concerns about you, Jim. <laughs> Good morning, Kim Borchers. How are you doing? Well, I'm late. <laughs> you are. You are late. <laughs> but you're here now. I am. Don't blame me. <laughs> Not very late, exactly. When I'm late, it's like, uh, yeah. I'm fashionably late. What time is it? Fashionably late. Well, <laughs> no, because Jamie, my husband, he goes, this is good that this is Internet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, Rick, I do want to publicly thank you for everything. You've just been a godsend. And uh, 
this paper and Topeka. The Topeka community is so fortunate to have you. And I mean that, uh, and you know that I mean it, Ty. You've just oh. been wonderful to work for, work with. Well, Jim, the, the thanks are all ours, and I'm speaking for the entire Capital Journal um, uh, staff and, and everybody related to the paper. You know, it was two and a half years ago, and, and um, we decided to try this experiment and move off into something that we had never done before, um, something that I'm, I'm not sure very many other uh, newspapers have ever tried before, uh, to go into an, an Internet radio program. And uh, you've been outstanding um, to work with. We were just we were we were thrilled that we had the opportunity to work with you. Um, we you know you've brought people into this building that uh, on a on a weekly basis that that wouldn't have been here otherwise. Um, I think probably our our readers wouldn't realize this, but the number of news tips that you've given us and the uh, the amount of information that has come into this building because of you has just been invaluable and. I'm just uh, I'm delighted that we were able to have this working relationship, and and I'm looking forward to uh, getting calls and emails from you as you go off into this next phase of your life. Probably won't be emails. I'll call. <laughs> yeah, can I just <laughs> say computer when, still. When, when I got so. when I got the call, he was going to do this. I thought, are they crazy? This is the most non-tech <laughs> man, and he's going to be by himself. <laughs> What's the investment here? I hope it's minimal. By himself is right, Jim. You've been and you've been. Uh, <laughs> you've been a one-man show for for most of this time, right? I just couldn't find anybody that I could get along with, I guess. <laughs> this retirement is going a little smoother than the last one a couple of years ago. <laughs> but, you know, Rick, Monday morning, and I know you've got to run, unless you want to hang around. We'd I'd, love to I'll you tell do. you, I wish I could, but I've got to run down and, and get some pages produced. So. Well, since you're here, and I don't know whether you were listening Monday, hopefully you were, hopefully somebody was out there, but... Folks, if you're thinking about a unique Christmas gift, I can't think of a better gift giving back to this community than subscribing to the Topeka Capital Journal. And I mean that. You know, if think about what this community would be without a Tim Rencher. You know, reporting on what's happening yeah, at City Hall, yeah. reporting on what's happening at the courthouse without a Tim Carpenter, you know, taking a look at what's happening under the dome. Checks and balances in this community. And I keep going back to Bell, California, as the poster child of what can go wrong in a community with no media attention focused on it. I mean, you can have a wildly out-of-control situation overnight. Bell, California, a town of 35,000, 40,000 people. The mayor's knocking down three-quarters of a million dollars a year. Council members making 100000 a year. The police chief's making a half a million a year. Yeah. Retirement benefits just absolutely beyond the pale. This is a suburb of L.A., folks. And what happened in Bell, California, A, there's no TV station there. B, there's no radio station. C, most importantly, there's no newspaper. Nobody was watching what was going on. Nobody was minding the store. This could happen anywhere. And that's what's going to happen, I think, to a lot of communities throughout uh, this country if we see the newspapers go under. We can't afford for that to happen. Subscribing to the Capital Journal, folks, it's a gift back to the community ensuring that we're going to have reporters watching, minding the store, if you will. Checks and balances built into the system. We have to have strong newspapers if a community is going to thrive and prosper. So, 
Well, Consider that, folks. I mentioned it before, Jim, but you've been a great friend um, to this organization, and um, you know you've helped us in in that regard, uh, bringing newsmakers in here, bringing community leaders in here, uh, asking questions and and making them accountable. Uh, so, again, we you know we can't thank you enough, um, and it's been a great two and a half years. Rick Anderson, a good one. Yes. Miss Borchers. Yes. Huh? Former radio personality. That's Mrs. Borchers. Huh? <laughs> That's right. You're from the old school. Mrs. Old Borchers. Old school, the proper school. <laughs> a former radio personality. Yes. That's made it to the big time. You're now working for the Brownback administration. Stop. Huh? Humbly. I'm only there because of you, Jim Cade. What are you doing? Can you uh, say? I know you're working for the transition uh, for Governor-elect Brownback. Correct. Are you going to continue working for him after yes, the inauguration? That, that is the plan. Yeah, that is oh. the plan. Okay. Anything that you can talk about officially or everything still? Oh, I'm not going to say. I don't know yet, so I can't. Okay. I will say I can't say. Because I know everything's it's in transition. It's not secretive. Yeah, it's not secretive. It's just. You know, I can't but say yet. If there hasn't been an official yet. announcement, then it's not official. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because during the transition period, I know. So who knows after the transition if I do <laughs> such a stinky job, they may pull it. So I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> you might be knocking on Rick's door saying, "Hey, you know that internet no. gig that?" <laughs> no, if they thought you were a challenge, just bring me in here by myself. I think I did one. Day. There were a couple times I filled in for you. This is yes. why I'm not an airline pilot. This is why I'm not an engineer in radio. I don't like this stuff. Just yeah. simple. So. Well, this has gotten to be pretty simple. You know, if I can do it. I know. Let's produce it. <laughs> it's that was it's got to be simple. No. You know what, Jim? I was reflecting on just, you know, when I got your email. Mm. And I was just thinking about just the memories that I've had with you since being my husband and I living here in Topeka. Mm-hmm. and. I mean, it's just amazing. Jim Cates is a part of um, those memories. And I have to laugh because my children are talk radio listeners because it started on Jim Cates. Yeah. I mean, from babies. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. You know, you and I have always talked about this, but the mark that you make on people's lives, depending upon where you're at. I mean, everybody can touch someone's life. Uh, in a great way if we choose to do that. And you really have done that in this community. Well, we can touch lives. And, you know, I was reflecting on our friendship Monday on the show and pointed out that and hosting the show over the past 14 years, you are the only person that ever called the show. I had no idea who you were at the time. I'd never heard the name. Uh, you were so passionate and so articulate about the issue of the day that you called on, then I asked you to come in the following day as a guest. I had never done that before, never done it since. And we've had some great callers over the past mm-hmm, 14 years, mm-hmm. many of which have become lifelong friends right. and continue to be. <clears throat> but, I, <clears throat> but I remember asking you to come on the show the next day. You well, called at 7.05 the next day. <laughs> I, w- I won't forget it. I was working out, and I'm thinking, who is calling me at 7.05? <laughs> And I actually thought, I hope my parents are okay, because only moms and dads call you at 7.05 when you're a mom at home. <laughs> they know you're busy, and like Jim Gates. <laughs> well, you did come on, and uh, a lifelong friendship has ensued as Absolutely. a result of it. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, folks, Jim.Cates at cjonline.com. 
uh, is our email address, so if you want to email us, you certainly can. Coming on the show a little later this morning, Earl Glenn's going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking about the top stories of the week. Earl is now a regular on this show. Well, the show Love is, him. Earl Glenn is oh, phenomenal. Yes, he is. Absolutely. Fantastic guy. Brilliant. Oh, boy. Yes, he is. Yep. So we're going to be talking about the top stories of the week. And we're going to finish today out, of course, as we finish each and every Friday out with uh, Dave Jackson, uh, Lawn and Garden Tips. That's uh, 10 o'clock this morning. Stay tuned. A lot more to come today. I'm Jim Cates. CJOnline.com has been upgraded, and it's an entirely new way for you to experience your community. More than ever, CJOnline.com has what you need when you need it. As your morning starts, CJOnline.com is updated with overnight news, weather, and the morning buzz. Throughout the day, they bring you developing stories, interaction, and commentary. In the evening, they recap the day in news and sports and feature their local bloggers. Experience local news and sports at CJOnline.com. Your 24-7 Northeast Kansas news Connection. Every three minutes, another woman gets the news that she has breast cancer. And here are some of the first words she hears. Her two new oncogene, aromatase inhibitor, ductile carcinoma in situ. What do these words mean? How are you going to decide what to do if you can't even say what you have? This is Olivia Newton-John. As soon as you get your diagnosis, you can go to breastcancer.org. It's a special place on the Internet where you can learn how to say all those breast cancer words and find out what they mean. At breastcancer.org, you can learn more about your particular kind of cancer and your treatment options. Prepare a list of questions for your next doctor's visit and get all kinds of other useful information to guide you and your family through this. Breastcancer.org, the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. Canada Drug of Topeka provides a safe and easy way of delivering prescriptions to your door and saving you money every day. Are your medication costs spiraling out of control? Is Plan D really saving you any money once you reach the donor hole? For many of us, saving money on skyrocketing medication costs has become a vital way of controlling those tight monthly budgets. I'm Eric with Canada Drug. We're locally owned and operated, have been for over five years, serving your friends and neighbors, helping them save thousands of dollars yearly on essential prescription medications. To find out how you can have more medication at the end of your month for less money, call us at Canada Drug today, 785-272-6100, or visit us just east of Watermaker on 17th, between Applebee's and McDonald's. Canada Drug of Topeka, 272-6100. This is Risa with Lauer Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. We are not just your heating and air conditioning experts. We also can take care of any of your plumbing needs, including sewers and backflow preventers. So call us now at 357-5123. We're back with Jim Cates at cjonline.com, your source for live Internet news, opinion, interviews, and conversation in Topeka. Here's Jim. Okay, we're back. Well, I took Nancy out, Kim, for a nice romantic evening. McDonald's doesn't count. Well, no, we went to the Golden Corral, as a matter of fact. Sponsor of the show, you need to pull your mic much closer. Yeah. There you go. Much better. Great evening, folks. And they've got the holiday food fair on the buffet line now. We hadn't had ham in I don't know how long. Nancy just never fixes ham. 
So we had Han at the Golden Corral. You could fix it? Yeah. Hmm? Why, why is that Nancy's responsibility? Well, a woman. I mean, this is <laughs> women's responsibility, oh. the whole nine yards. But, folks, if you want that romantic evening, you can take your significant other, your husband, your wife, to the Golden Corral for an evening and for $10, around $10, all you can eat. I mean, if you need to put a few pounds on your uh, significant other, this might be the place to do it. You can stay in there. Well, let me hours. let me see. I don't think uh, ten pounds is what I need these days. Well, but you know, if you get to that point, that could be the place to go. Sixteenth and Wanamaker, wonderful food, folks. I mean, wonderful food. The Golden Corral, and I want to thank Daryl Dahman, uh, longtime friend, the owner of the Golden Corral, has been a sponsor of the show for quite some time, and my heartfelt appreciation. Excellent. Yeah. And Brickhouse Antiques, another sponsor. I want to make sure that I mention Coralie Evans, Lisa Cusick, I have two st- delightful oh, ladies. I love uh, their stuff. I have stuff that I bring out every Thanksgiving season I got at their store. 37th and Burlingame, right off of I-470. Great place. Yes, you have yes. little, little, little treasures that yes, you'll have for a lifetime. Well, Lisa Cusick, Coralie Evans, they're little treasures. They're short people. Nice That's true. I wasn't yeah. referencing the uh-huh. proprietors of the, org- of the entity. Oh, I thought you were. No, uh-huh. little what treasures that they have inside. You know, I got some antique um, postcards for Thanksgiving, yeah. like back in the 1900s when yeah. people would send, when people actually remembered Thanksgiving, uh-huh. that it's a holiday. We don't go from Halloween to Christmas. Yeah, really. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I love Thanksgiving. I oh, really I do, do too. It's my favorite holiday. Yeah, well, mine too. Hey, let's take a quick call. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. Kim. Good morning. Well, Myron good morning. Myron, how are you? Hey, you know what? I got to thinking about all this stuff that uh, happened the last, what, 10 years or so? Mm-hmm. And I think I took some pictures, oh, at 6 and Fairlawn, and I got a few of them, and, and uh little trivia information. I'm the only one that uh, wore a Jim Cage show t-shirt at the city city council meeting. One you bet. Night. Made the front page, top of the fold. <laughs> By the way, how's, uh, how's Cousin Davey doing? Cousin Davey? Oh, Cousin Davey, yes. He's, he's doing fine. I uh, called him the other day. Uh, he's going to get with me and uh, we're going to make a couple of tombstones at St. Petrie Cemetery. Uh, but it we're so cheap that we're going to put it on a rock. What was the Cousin Davy story about, Myron? You uh, emailed me a few months ago about Cousin Davy. Yeah, what was that? Uh, Cousin Davy had shotgun in hand, I know. Oh, uh, yeah, when uh, the human, uh, when the dogs uh, run loose uh, up there in South Dakota, my hometown, uh-huh. Bruce, South Dakota, you know, the farmers, you know, they'd see a runaway dog or something, you know. Rather than uh, spend a whole bunch of money on vet bills and everything, we just go out there and shoot them. Call t- Cousin so, Davy. Yeah, so I, I suggested we have uh, Cousin Davy ride the shotgun with uh, with the Humane Society people, and uh, you know, rather than spend a whole bunch of money on retrieving dogs, you know, we'll just shoot them. Well, Myron, that's a very warm Christmas story. I... You guys are so <laughs> sick. Huh? <laughs> okay, this is the Christmas season. We need warm, fuzzy, happy thoughts. Are you saying Cousin Davy doesn't fit the bill? <laughs> no. Are you a warm, fuzzy person? No. Well, well you know, he, you know, we, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, I think things like objectively, you know, like the illegal alien problem, you know. 
Well, we just, you know, forget the fence. We'll just build a great big wall. Or just call and Cousin Davey. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> and we'll use the drones, you know, and as soon as they climb over the fence, why, they're dead. Move on. Let's move yep. to a new topic. Byron, you have a Merry Christmas, my friend. We will be in touch soon. I am Bye. not. <laughs> Jim. Yes. Oh, I can't believe it. You knew where that was going. You started this. <laughs> well, I had an idea that it yes, possibly might be headed down that path. Yes, you did. <laughs> Kim Borchers is my guest, a longtime friend, former radio personality. Yep. Mm-hmm. Former. Yes, indeed. Keyword, former. <laughs> the four, uh, 1440 days. And by the way, folks, I'm going to be on Ralph Hip Monday afternoon. Ralph's been a friend for years, and I'm uh, going to be on his early show at 4 o'clock Monday afternoon. So that'll be fun. Well, what are you thinking? What are you, what are you going to do? I uh, really, I don't have any plans to do anything other than make sure that Nancy gets up and gets off to work on time. That's pretty much going to be my day. I think that's it. I, that's, I find that uh, so hard to believe. <laughs> that's just not, I, I, can't, I can't even grasp that. Well, I don't know. You know, something might come along that I'll get involved in. But as far as having any concrete plans, no, I really don't. Well, I've got a few questions for you. I think you've got a call coming in. Okay. Ken Borchers is my guest. Good morning. Good morning, Jim Kate. Good morning. Ty Christian. Hello, Ty Christian. Well, How's Captain Christian doing? Well, this is one do, of uh, Topeka's finest. Doing pretty good if I can get rid of this cold. Boy, you still got that sucker, huh? <laughs> you need to go see a doctor then. Yes, you do. Dr. Tim Borchers, by the way, we'll, get in a, we'll put in a plug for him. Uh, has a practice, Cotton O'Neill, practice in Meriden. Right. And in fact, that's where I go. Well, good. To see your husband uh, about a month and a half. I ago. wouldn't know that. That's good. <laughs> well, I was. Yes, Jim, you're, you're getting in all the plugs you can this morning. Kid. Boy, I he's am. A, We're just going to work them all. He's huh? a great doctor, but he can't set an alarm clock. Oh, well. <laughs> to make sure his wife is someplace <laughs> on time. <laughs> well, Jim, I just wanted to call and, and congratulate you on your retirement, and uh, enjoyed listening to you and. Uh, you and Nancy have a good time in your retirement. Well, I know Nancy and I'll be seeing you and your lovely wife Terry. So, Ty, I appreciate the call, my friend. All right, Jim. Well, good luck. Ty Christian with the Topeka Fire Department. Someday That's I look great. For, someday I think he'll be moving up the ladder. Well, he's already moved up the ladder. He's captain, and uh, I don't think I've met anybody as passionate as Ty Christian is about his job, about his vocation. He's got two kids, one son, one daughter. His daughter is a firefighter in Wyandotte County. Okay. His son is a firefighter in Gary County. Wow. And Ty, I think, is a second, third-generation firefighter. Now, this is a commitment. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. Jim, when I reflect back on our time and, and how we met and different things like that, it, it made me think of how you were referencing the paper. And you talked about how it's imperative that communities have a local paper. Absolutely. But I would also say that I think communities need to have a talk radio program such as yourself. And I know there's another one that occurs in the afternoon, but that morning time also reaches people. Mm -hmm. And that's what's been kind of sad in this whole process is because I think the Topeka community lost out. You and I didn't agree on a lot. We're both Republicans, and you and I could go head-to-head, but it was just great for the discourse in this community, and I think we missed Several out. Several times you were wrong. Yeah, I would agree. When was that? Uh-huh. <laughs> can, can you tell me when? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <clears throat> but I, I just tell you, you have been such a vital part. I mean, you, you drew attention to issues. 
You got people engaged in issues that would never have been engaged. I mean, this community has a lot to thank you for. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just saying that you know me. I'm not a false flattery type of person. I mean, Jim Cates has made Topeka politics in many regards what it was because people got engaged. And, 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 you know, folks don't have a lot of time, but man, they can sit in the car and hear the radio and go, what's going on there? I need to, I need to do something about it. Yeah. So I can't thank you enough. It just it makes me sad that we're we're losing this kind of. Well, and talk radio is somewhat important. I don't want to not somewhat. Well, it is. It's not as important as this paper. And again, folks, I'm walking out the door of the Capitol Journal at 11 o'clock today. Retired. This retirement's going to be a little different than it was with 1440. But. You know, I, I'm not plugging the Capital Journal because I'm looking for a paycheck next week. This is it today. Right. I can't emphasize enough the importance, especially after being here for two and a half years, the dedication of the reporters in this building and the fact that a community without a strong local paper, newspaper, is a community in trouble because you've got to have somebody. You've got to have somebody serving as a watchdog. Right. And that watchdog, if you've got... An impartial press, which we have at the Capitol Journal, impartial reporters that are objectively reporting on the stories and keeping an eye on what our elected and appointed officials are up to. It doesn't get any more, it doesn't get any better than that or any more important. I think that's the challenge with the paper business because I think you have most people, I'm going to speak in generalized terms on conservative, as a conservative. I think most conservatives who read the paper do not feel that it is unbiased. I feel that the the tendency for folks is that it leans to the left and that and that's the challenge and I think papers really need to look at making sure as they're viewing their reporting that they they do that and I think they will build they will build back up the folks who are reading their paper. I can't tell you the number of times I visit with friends across the country who tell me that you know what I'm I'm not reading the local paper anymore it's just gotten too left. And so they, they, they cut off their, I mean, friends, as I visit with people yeah. across the country. So I just think, you know, there's some I can rattle off the top of my head right now that are in Kansas. But I think papers need to work towards that. Because yeah, well, I think they need to work, and I don't think this paper necessarily <laughs> needs to work towards objectivity. And, again, I point to Tim Richer uh, as an example. Mm-hmm. The reason I have mentioned Tim on several occasions, he's in this office, this studio, every Monday morning at 8 o'clock, and has been in here a half a dozen times when he had a vacation day to take. He would come in to do this show. I've talked to, well, two of our three county commissioners. Third one I don't talk to. (laughs) And I think virtually all of our city council members, uh, Dave Bevins, and I want to thank Dave for a Mm -hmm. nice email as well, and Norton Bonaparte, all of which consider Tim Rencher to be totally, completely, 100% objective. And it doesn't get any better than that. The editorial page, Ken, as far as the Capital Journal is concerned, comparing the Capital Journal to the Kansas City Star, oh, no, to the I, Wichita Eagle, I would agree. to the I, Harris newspaper chain, <clears throat> this is a conservative paper. Yeah, and I think uh, if, if people aren't exposed to those But you've got to go others. to page four to find, I really think, where this paper lands philosophically, and that's on the editorial page. I don't see it. You know, in the rest of the paper, unless it's an Associated Press story, which there's one reporter for the Associated Press, which I view as being left of center. But that's not the Capital Journal. Well, you and I read a lot of papers. Mm. I mean, we are exposed to a lot of that. We, yeah. we had a lot of that when we did our, when I did the radio show, because I was reading, 
you know, 10 and 12 papers in the morning and you'd be amazed. You'd get a story and you'd read it in 12 different papers and you're like, wait a minute, that story is completely different based on Bingo. what I've just read. Absolutely. So I think part of the dilemma that happens in communities is if their folks have no exposure to what really left is or what liberal papers are, that they don't have a real comparison. And my in-laws live in Kansas City and get the Sunday Star. And it's just, I mean, I can't even read through the front page without, <laughs> you know, it's like, give me a match. So I, I think that's part of the challenge, too. Perception, unfortunately, is reality. And so I think that's sometimes the thing that local papers have to overcome. But, I mean, I, I can say in all fairness, for instance, the issues that I worked on early on in the first part of, uh, working on library issues, I didn't necessarily feel the paper was unbiased. You mm -hmm. could see the slant. But later, after a decade of work, I saw a change. I saw more object objectivity, and I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. So I can say I saw the sliding scale. Yeah. Well, today's Capital Journal, top of the fold, headline news, talk show host <laughs> signs off. Well, unfortunately, that talk show host wasn't me. <laughs> that was Larry oh, King. I'm back there with the farm uh, pork So you're retiring features. the same day? You're retiring the same day as Larry yeah, King? Yeah, I'm on page. you got to dig pretty deep in the paper. I'm there. More people <laughs> know you than Larry King. I think I you could take a poll in America, and I think more people know Jim Cates than Larry King. Larry King's race. Who's Larry King? Yeah. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Larry King's readings not that good. Although, CNN, I do watch CNN at 9 o'clock. I knew Anderson something Cooper. was wrong with you. Anderson Cooper, I think, is subjective. As far as truly objective. No, he's objective, done some good story. He has done some good he's stories. He's a news reporter. Yeah, and yeah. I do appreciate that. Did you know yeah. he's a Vanderbilt? Hmm. Anderson Cooper. Oh, yes, he is. And he uh -huh. didn't use the family name, which I have a great deal of respect for him because right. he wanted to be hired for his, his gifts and talents and his competencies, not a family yeah. name. And again, I think he comes smacks of credibility, frankly. I think he's a true, truly an objective news reporter. Yeah. I can't say that about everybody on CNN. I would <laughs> hope not, or I'm going to encourage you to go back and see your doctor. Well, you can't say that about anybody on Fox. No. But, you know, I watch Fox because, Every, generally everybody. speaking... I agree with most of the opinions expressed on Fox until Carl Rove comes on. How did we change? To... How did I mean? Huh. I mean, I would love to know historically where we switched from actually reporting a story and creating a story. And I think people argued probably and said, the advent of uh, cable TV, doing something different, something new, unique. You know, to carve out that five percent of you the viewing audience. You don't think it was audience. starting before then? I mean, because I used to hear people go, people don't want to just hear news. They want to hear a story. Yeah. And I'm yeah. kind of like, no, I just want to hear the news. Yeah. And let me decide what the story is. Well, of course, Rush Limbaugh is the one that set the bar, I think, for radio. And, of course, you had talk radio host before Rush Limbaugh, Bob Grant, out of New York, uh, was the one that probably started talk radio as we know it today. But Limbaugh is the person that took it to the heights that it's at now. Limbaugh has 20 million listeners a week. Well, how did you, though? I mean, you are not, I mean, you don't have a broadcasting background. Yeah. I mean, how did you decide, hey, I'm going to go do this? Really didn't. Uh, when I was in the legislature years ago, uh, I couldn't have gotten a resolution on motherhood and apple pie passed. And that's one of the reasons was when I was in the legislature, one of the first bills I sponsored and supported 
was doing away with legislative pensions. Well, this is not a way to get off to a good start with your colleagues when you're talking about ripping <laughs> their pensions from their little hands. Uh, so I didn't get off to a real good start, needless to say. Our legislators still have a pension. Now, since we're talking about that oh, issue. Oh, no. <laughs> well, legislators' pensions aren't based on their annual salary. Well, they kind of are based on their annual yeah, salary. Yeah, multiply it by times four. Times four, yes, times four. And it's just wrong to have somebody serving in the legislature looking to get that tenth year end where they can become vested. That's not what legislative service should be all about. Do I think legislators are fairly paid? I wouldn't mind giving them a small increase mm -hmm. in salary. I think they are somewhat underpaid for the time they put in, for the time spent on the job. That I would have no problems with. But why don't we take uh, their pensions away from them and let's apply half of that savings and let's give our legislators a raise. Let's take the other half of the savings and let's put it back into the state general fund, which helps our taxpayers. Yeah. Everybody wins. Right. And now we no longer have that carrot dangling out there at the end of the stick for somebody to hang around longer than they should in public service. Well, I was amazed you know, it that went, it, it, went, went, it went nowhere. nowhere. But you know what, Jim? I think um, I think those are ideas that need to be put on the table and discussed and looked at again. And, I, you know, this is... This is me talking as just an individual citizen. Um, but when you look at when people were vested, wasn't it 10 years that you had to serve in order to be vested? Mm -hmm. And what you then do is you, you lend it to people wanting to stay off the radar and not ruffle anybody's feathers so they can at least be in there for 10 years to get that pension plan. And I think what that does, it's a disservice to the people who pay the bill as taxpayers. Mm -hmm. I think people run on issues. They need to go to the legislature and get it done. And if it comes back that they don't get reelected, fine and dandy. It doesn't happen. But I have seen time and time and again, and folks just kind of stay off the radar screen, well, i got to get my 10 years in. Mm -hmm. And I, just, I, I don't know if that paints a really good picture as to the value of what people are bringing at the state house because it, this is an important job. I mean, it's very important. Bigger. I was Missouri has term limits. By the way, it's Missouri. Uh, I'm from Missouri. I'm from Raytown, Missouri. Well, I'm from Liberty, Missouri. I know. I don't yes. know where that is. I know Liberty. <laughs> well, I know Liberty, it, Missouri. Yeah. It's north of Raytown, Missouri. But they, the but but they have term limits. Mm -hmm. It's eight years in the house. But and Kim, eight years going in back the to the whole term limits movement, it's this a good is, conversation to have. Let's well, this see. is one decision the Supreme Court made that was right, killing the national term limits movement. I was the Kansas state chairman back in the mid 90s for the national term limits movement. Mm -hmm. uh, what happened? And I'm going to simplify it somewhat. You roughly have 25 states or so that have the power of initiative. This gives the voters the power to put something on a ballot, place something on the right. ballot. 25 mm -hmm. states don't have the power of initiative. Kansas, unfortunately, is one of those 25 states. We don't have the power as voters to have an issue placed on the ballot mm -hmm. if we think our elected officials aren't doing the job they were elected to do. We don't have that power. What happened in every state with the exception of one, states that had the power of initiative, there was something placed on the ballot where those states have term limits and placed term limits on their federal uh, members of Congress, their United States Senators and uh, their Congressional Representatives, 
All but one state that has has the power of initiative did that. There was no state that passed term limits that didn't, didn't have, have the power initiative. of initiative. The Supreme Court basically said you're penalizing those states that have initiative in favor of the states that don't. Because Missouri, as an example, uh, their members of Congress are going to be gone after 12 years, according to what the Missouri voters wanted. And See, passed. I didn't realize that they and could do that as a state to limit even their federal folks. That's interesting. Well, that's what the uh, United States Supreme Court struck down. They, they said struck you that down. cannot do this to your federal okay. uh, elected officials, okay. our U.S. senators and members of Congress. Do whatever you want to do on the state level right. and local level. You still right. have states' rights to impose term limits, but you can't limit uh, your members of Congress mm -hmm. uh, to term limits. So that's what happened. Well, and I the Supreme Court was right. Uh, even though I was state chairman of a national term limits movement, right. it's going to take a constitutional amendment to, to change, change that, that on a federal to do it level. Right. Yeah. Well, I think you know what you did. I think you were ahead of your time. When, when I think you were ahead of your time possibly on the term limit thing in Kansas and even the discussion that you had led forward with the pensions. I, and, and you know what, that, that's going to have to come. That comes from the ground. That's going to have to be folks recognized. You know, we can't keep doing what we're doing. And I think we have to start thinking out of the box and being a little more innovative. And, you know, so holds, you know that old story about the ham? Let's bring up ham. You know, it's Thanksgiving and this daughter's cutting off the ends of a ham and, her, her uh, mom says, honey, why are you cutting off the ends of the ham? And she said, well, you always did it, and Grandma didn't. She goes, we cut the ends of the ham off because we didn't have a pan big enough for the ham that we were using. And sometimes I think this is what happens in government. We keep doing things over and over the same way in the same way without really understanding why we're doing it that way. And just because they did it that way a long time ago, there might have been reasons. So I think you're going to see some changes. Jim Borchers is my guest. Uh, Jim.Kates at cjonline.com. Oh, oh, Bill emailed us back. And he said, Kim, I was born in Meriden, and I was the first baby that Dr. Conant delivered there. Wow. C-O-N-A-N-T. And that is from old Bill. That's great. Uh, Rick Anderson uh, downstairs just emailed me as well, and he said, I wanted to make sure that you saw Kevin McGinty's blog entry about you. And for those of you that read uh, Kevin McGinty's blog, you should. <clears throat> Kevin's, Kevin's a great guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He used to write for the Metro News and did a great job. And, yep, uh, I like Kevin. Then when uh, Denise sold the Metro News, Kevin started blogging for the Capital Journal. So, oh, great. Yes, indeed. Okay. Well, but, and Dwayne Rain. Dwayne Rain is a former, you know, Dwayne. Yeah, I know Dwayne. Former chairman. Shawnee County Republicans now residing in Texas, and he is living in Pottsboro, Texas. So. Oh, hi, Dwayne. Yes, indeed. So. Well, I will miss hearing you and Dave weekly, so we will maintain contact with Dwayne. I'm sure he's a he's a dandy. Kim Borchers is my guest. You, well, you didn't, but you didn't go into why you went into radio. You said it was the oh, legislature. The legislature gets okay. blamed for everything. Okay. Well, out of a sense of frustration, I started guesting on a lot of talk shows. Uh, Tom Leathers in Kansas City. Tom ended up being a regular guest on my show uh, years later. Mike Murphy, at one time, Kansas City, back when they had oh, yeah. basically four radio stations, at one time, Mike Murphy had 68% of the listeners in Kansas City. Now, today, if a radio station has 10%, you've wow, hit a home run. absolutely. Murphy was that popular. So, at any rate, I started guesting on Murphy's show. Uh, there was a show in Wichita, a talk show at the time. It's long since gone. 
started guesting on that show and Topeka as well. And I discovered the power of talk radio, frankly. Because even though I was getting nothing accomplished whatsoever under the dome in Kansas, by going on the Mike Murphy show or the Tom Leathers show or Mike Shannon, uh, mm-hmm. he was around then, Jerry Fogel, Wichita, Topeka, people started calling Topeka and asking for their legislators and saying, hey, why aren't you supporting this guy? I can't think of his name, but some <laughs> legislator out of Topeka was on Mike's show today talking about, wow. fell on the blank. He appears to have some good ideas. Why aren't you supporting him? So I guess I just discovered the power. There is. There is. uh, Because it's immediate. Yeah. Then 580, out of the blue, frankly, called, and they said, we're going to create a three-hour slot. Do you want to go to work for us? And at the time, I had just gotten 25 years in with my previous employer. Jane and I had just paid off the house. Uh, the stars were aligned perfectly for me to take a pay cut. And believe you me, folks, when you go into talk oh, radio, it's you're, like you're volunteer taking... <laughs> work. It's not. Is that a paycheck? <laughs> I think I owed them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to work for 580 uh, for four years, and uh, the experience at 580. Well, it was different. Uh, a huge signal. You know, they're listening. Oh yes, it is. is they do. And uh, then after four years, I ended up going to work for Cumulus, which was. For six of the seven years, you couldn't ask for better working conditions, a greater group of people. Okay, wait a minute. Uh, working conditions, meaning not referring to the building we were in. <laughs> well, uh, toward the end, the, bubble the last gum, two years. <laughs> the bubblegum <laughs> and seventh rubber bands, parallel, the one on yeah. seventh. Oh, my. I didn't but Cumulus at the time knew they were going to move downtown. They invested no money on the seventh and Fairlawn equipment. Believe you me, I mean this was. That's where I had the first interview with Uh you, and when I walked in, I was like, "Oh my goodness, what am I doing in here? Don't you look at your kids? Don't touch anything, (laughs) kid. You're going to take a bath when you get home." (laughs) It was bad. I mean, whether you had bubble gum trying to keep the microphone in, or rubber bands, or twisty ties. But, you know, hey, the news got out. But what fun. You know, there were six stations uh, under the Cumulus umbrella. Oh, yeah. And you go up and down the hall. You know, all six of us carved out a little different listening audience, but all six of us got along so well. Yeah, You know, the wheels came off of it, uh, as you know, toward the end. But for six of those seven years, you couldn't have asked for better working conditions and better people. Oh, yeah, it was great. Christmas time was wonderful, especially as we, you know, bringing gifts in for all those kids and seeing all these listeners. I mean, you really don't. You don't realize the lives that you impact until you have an event like that at Christmas bringing things in. And it just, it, 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 you know what, it made Topeka home for me. Uh I really think that was what I had been working. um, And doing talk radio really actually made Topeka my home. Yeah. That's what did it. Yeah, and Christmas at Miller's Glen, where we would invite the listeners to come in and support the Kansas Children's Service League and kids at the rescue mission. And at the end of the three hours, we'd have uh, oh. presents stacked up. My gosh. Oh, it was amazing. Several feet high. Yeah. Amazing. And just, and just an outpouring of support from this community. Yeah. 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 Well, I knew Cumulus didn't know what they were doing when they offered me a job. <laughs> my, my husband said, I, you know, I got this call from from Jim, and I, I laughed because when I told Tim, I said, honey, I've been offered a job in radio. And he says, do they know you don't know what you're doing? <laughs> I said, thank you for the vote of confidence. Thanks. Love you, too. uh, 
better take your pillow out oh, to the couch with you this evening. Yeah, you may doing, be <laughs> doing laundry. <laughs> uh, Jim.Keats at cjonline.com. We need to take a break. Kim Borchers is my guest. Earl Glenn's coming in a little later. And then, of course, at uh, 10 o'clock, Dave Jackson. Stay tuned, folks. Jackson's Greenhouse, your plant shopping center. Let Jackson put a big smile on your home. Landscape planning and design, we listen and we take the time. We're professionals and we're out to make it known. We're your plant shopping center all the way. Jackson's Greenhouse has what you need today. Residential or commercial, we're at your service. Landscape to lawn supplies that you like best. From roses, flowers, shrubs, and trees to everything your garden needs. Jackson says just come in, be our guest. Jackson's Greenhouse, your lawn and garden place. We're your plant shopping center all the way. At Jackson's Greenhouse, we're out to make your day. Hi, I'm Richard Roundtree. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yes, you heard me right. Men get breast cancer too, and men need just as much help understanding what their doctors tell them as women do. But where do you go to get that kind of help? Go to breastcancer.org, a special place on the Internet that helps you understand the kind of cancer you have, your treatment options, and all the big words your doctor uses. Breastcancer.org is the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. Eyewear Unique is a fun, upscale optical shop located in Topeka. They may be in mid-America, but their frame selection is world-class. The expert staff will help you into your first really awesome pair of high-quality eyewear. Their designer frame selection will hold its own against the finest shops in New York or L.A. Eyewear Unique is not just another optical shop. They are truly new and different. They are not interested in selling you a pair of glasses. They are interested in selling you eyeglasses for the rest of your life. Your face is a work of art, and it deserves a great frame. Eyewear Unique offers top-of-the-line designer frames with names like Etnia, Barcelona, Lunor, Robert Mark, L.A. Eyeworks, Bevel Specs, Freudenhaus, Oliver Peoples, Ray-Ban, and Oakley, just to name a few. The frames run from stylish and affordable $90 eyewear to the extraordinary Fossa Fossa line. Located at 4008 Southwest Huntoon Street in Topeka or visit them on the web at eyewearuniquetopeka.com. Take your face to the next level. Eyewear Unique. Eyewear for life. This is Risa with Lauer Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. We are not just your heating and air conditioning experts. We also can take care of any of your plumbing needs, including sewers and backflow preventers. So call us now at 357-5123. Welcome back to Jim Cates at cjonline.com. Our phone lines are now open at 295-1150 or email jim at jim.cates at cjonline.com. Here's Jim. Okay, we are back. Uh, Jim.Cates at cjonline.com. And a uh, nice email from Derek Sontag. I know Derek's American on the show for Prosperity. A yeah, great organization. Yes, it is. And Tea folks, Party folks, you need to get involved in AFP. Yeah, if you're not, you absolutely need to. Put your Derek energies can. to work and get on board. Well, I appreciate the nice email. He's a great guy. Yes, he is. And we're lucky to have him in Kansas, believe you me. We're lucky to have Americans for Prosperity. Uh, Alan Cobb was the one that kind of kicked it off Absolutely. in Kansas. And, and then Derek took the reins and uh, 
seamless as far as the transition. Great team. Absolutely a great, a great team. They're a great team over there. We're very fortunate. We've got some very talented folks. Derek, nice email. I really appreciate it. Okay. Kim Borchers is my guest, and Earl Glenn's coming in a little later. How long can you stay, by the way? What time do you have well, to be? Well, how long, how long do you need me to be here? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Earl's coming in around... Uh, Nine, nine-ish or so, okay, so if you no, want to hang great. around. I'll hang around until just easier, and then I've got to go back to work. Okay. I actually have a job now. <laughs> I was going to say, if you wanted to hang around while Earl's here, you're certainly welcome to do so. Okay. Okay, I have a question for you. Okay. Out of all your years on radio, first of all, I loved The Walk of Shame was one of those. Mm. The Hall of Shame, yeah. The yes. Hall of Shame when you didn't show up on Jim's show, Yeah. which I'm convinced some people... Probably it was Jim's fault, not their fault. <laughs> Probably half. I mean, you, this man's organization system, he can remember a phone number. I mean, your mind is, you're like a savant in regards to that. But, I mean, that little steno pad and, I mean, scribbles, I, I don't, I'm like, this is not going to happen. So, um, oh, that made me think of the Christmas card thing, but so I don't get off track here. Um Favorite get I want you to think of two guests. One, the worst guest you ever had, and why. And then okay. your favorite guest. Okay. Besides me. Uh, well, you would be. <laughs> uh, that's why you're here today. But as far as the worst, and I don't want to lay too much on her. I just didn't like the woman. It was June Lockhart. And June Lockhart, Lassie's mother, for God's sake, she was on Petticoat Junction, America's mom. Oh, yeah. To humans and dogs. I mean, this was America's mom. Uh, Lost in Space. Lost in Space. Mm, I love that show. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely just a witch uh, to have on the air. Horrible. Really? Yeah, and the bad thing about her, uh, I had just really started talk radio. I'd been doing it, I think, for less than a year. And still was kind of getting my sea legs. And June was scheduled to be on the show for an hour. Well, I kept June on for an hour. I should have cut her off after about five minutes. I think you were there when Bernie Koppel of Love Boat fame yeah. was on the show. Uh-huh. We cut him off after about five minutes. I mean, he was just horrible, an idiot. But June Lockhart, you know, I had her on for an hour simply because I didn't want to go through a 45-minute monologue. And in the early days of 580, we didn't have that many listeners. A lot of listeners were upset that the previous host was gone, and I was taking over the whole nine yards. And I kept this woman on for an hour. Uh, horrible. And I contacted a couple of friends of mine in Hollywood that had worked with June uh-huh. before. And I said, I just had this gal on the show this week. What's wrong with her? What's wrong with me? How come, you know, I just didn't care for her? And they said, oh, she's got the same reputation out here. Oh, see, that made you feel <laughs> so better. That made me feel a lot better. Wow. But probably... The best show in memory was a young man by the name of Josh Graves. Josh was uh, a kid uh, was he got in beat early up? teens yeah, in Lawrence, Kansas. I remember that story. And, and uh, Josh had you know, some physical disabilities and was beat up by a group of thugs in Lawrence, Kansas. And uh, Josh, there wasn't any money in the family. Mm-hmm. Just a kid out there all by himself. Lonely, no friends because of his physical and mental mm-hmm. challenges and what have you. Went over. Nancy and I actually took a drive over to his house um, to talk to him and his mother about uh, coming on the show. And we didn't want to put him in a position to where it was going to be an uncomfortable situation. To make a long story short, we had Josh Graves on the show 
just basically to show this kid who had been through God knows what yeah. uh, in his life, uh, with yeah. no friends and just all of his challenges. And uh, we had him on the show for a couple of hours just to show there were people out there that cared about him. Yeah. I have never seen such an outpouring of support. Unbelievable. He had airplane rides. He had season tickets to KU, season tickets to K-State. Uh, Ralph Adams called season tickets to the Kansas Coyotes, clothes, money. Uh, Lorena Prater, one of my favorite people, actually had uh, a benefit concert for Josh Graves in Burlington. The list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. A computer, two computers were offered to Josh Graves, a car when he turned 16. <clears throat> Just unbelievable. Of the outpouring of love and support for this young man. Unfortunately, I've lost contact with Josh. I don't mm -hmm. know what he's doing. I hope he's doing well. He got a job as a result of coming wow. on the show. Wow. Uh, an owner of a restaurant in Lawrence called Josh, and Josh went to work. To give him an opportunity yes. there. Yes, yes. And uh, just a tremendous outpouring of support. It not only showed Josh that there are a lot of good people yes. out here. It also showed everybody listening <laughs> to yes. that show that, you know, we were all standing together as a family to support this kid and right. show there's just a lot of goodness out there. That probably was my most memorable yeah. show. Well, I man. do, and I remember that. I remember yeah. that whole situation. Oh. I mean, for two hours, the, phone, uh, the phones never stopped ringing yeah. as far as people calling to offer something to Josh, just to say, hey, we love you, we're thinking about you, and we want to take you to tomorrow night's KU basketball game or something. I mean, it was just, uh, it really it just uh, choked me up. That was probably the most emotional show mm -hmm. that I've done. Well, you so. know what? It shows the impact of talk radio, and I think it reveals to people you hit it. You hit the nail on the head when you said, this community is filled with very generous and giving people, and you don't have to be a wealthy person to give. It's something as simple as some of the things that were offered mm -hmm. to this young man, and I think when you take that and you use it in a cumulative effect, mm -hmm. the impact that, that it can make, and especially at this season of mm -hmm. the year when you look at the needs mm -hmm. um, you've got a lot of people who are out of work I know probably the mission is being strained more than ever before the mm -hmm. Topeka rescue mission because of the people that are in need so it just kind of puts things in perspective what you can do and you think what you can, what you will do is so little but if you add that to a hundred or two hundred and three hundred and a thousand people well it just makes a world different that's what yeah. I love about talk radio so well Glenn's going to be joining us in a few minutes but as far as the my favorite guest, that would be open lines. Oh. <laughs> because, you know, it really became, we talk about talk radio becoming an extended family. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. You know, we had our regular colors, probably 20 to 25 regular colors to this show mm -hmm. when I was on 1440 and uh, to some extent 580. If somebody would miss calling the show for a couple of weeks... Yeah. You know, I was asked, how is so-and-so doing, or are they okay? We haven't heard from them recently. And it truly became an extended family. <laughs> Several of these people have become and will be lifelong friends. Who's the gentleman that watched? He passed away. He watched the budget all the time. You're talking about uh, John Edsel. John Edsel. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, it was through doing talk radio that we went over. My kids and I tried to help him. Mm -hmm. Um and it was because of that contact that we found out he needed some help. He needed yeah. some Meals on Wheels yeah. to get in there and help. I mean, it, you're about it, to get your picture taken. It, We're going to be on KansasWatchdog.org. Well, it, it really, it really is. Yeah. 
it it touches lives. Yeah. But I will never forget that experience. Yeah. I mean, that was very meaningful to me. And you're right. If you didn't hear from somebody, you, I'd be asked. You know, where are they? How's are Cheryl they okay? doing? How's Marge doing? Or Ralph from Vermillion. By the way, uh, I knew Ralph passed away. I sent a card. Diana. Yeah, and we yeah. went to the funeral, and, uh, well, Paul and Shirley Duggan are. I know, that's friends. how I found out was through Paul. Well, they went to the funeral, and, uh, yeah, first time I'd ever been in Vermilion, Kansas, but Ralph from Vermilion. Yeah, Ralph, yeah. Ralph from Vermilion. Yeah, so, Ralph and Diana. Well, and I think, you know, I hate, this sounds so corny, because some of those people you don't agree with everybody on, but I think there's there's dignity that you treat everyone with and recognizing mm-hmm. folks have different of opinion, but know that you can have great civil discourse. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the great things about your programming. It was civil, and if people didn't get civil, weren't civil, mm-hmm. we needed to cut it off. And But it just, I, I don't know. I just, I love talk radio, and my, my mm-hmm. kids have grown up on it, and they love it too. And it'll always be interesting if one of them end up doing any type of radio mm-hmm. stuff because of it. Yeah. Well, I'm <coughs> I'm going to miss it, <coughs> frankly. You know, I'm going to miss the interaction with so many people. And the neatest thing about this show is the people that I got to meet I along know. the way. You know, the, the regular callers, the listeners. Yeah. And I got to meet so many neat people that just called and listened to the show. So many guests. Uh, one of my most memorable guests was, you remember Lauren Green, of course, from the Nancy yes. thing. Well, his wife uh, was a guest on the show by phone. Oh, this was back in my 580 days. And Nancy Green. Well, Nancy and I had never met. Uh, she was promoting some album that Lauren Green had done. You know, Lauren was also a musician. I didn't know that. And had a top ten record, Ringo, back in 1964, a record that actually went to the top ten on the Billboard charts. I wasn't born. So, at any rate, Nancy was an actress. and <laughs> I know you weren't. I know you are very young. Very young, indeed. Well, Nancy was an actress, and that's how her and Lauren got together. She was quite a bit younger than Lauren. So at any rate, I had Nancy on the show. We spent maybe three minutes talking about Lauren's LP that it, she was pushing. And then somehow I got off onto politics. Well, Nancy and Lauren were very, very, very active in the Democratic Party for years and were huge friends, fans, and supporters of Hubert Humphrey when he ran for president. But Nancy, over the years, evolved into a very conservative Republican. So at any rate, Nancy said, why don't you call me after the show? Uh, to make a long story short, Nancy and I established a lifelong friendship. Unfortunately, she passed away uh, a couple of years ago. But we were going to uh, Cancun. Jane and I were on our way to Cancun. And Nancy and I were on the phone one afternoon, and I didn't have anybody to fill in for me. I said, Nancy, you want to fly to Ender Topeka and guest host You're kidding. <laughs> the show for a week? Nancy said, well, I've sang, I've danced, I've acted, I've written a book. But I've never hosted a talk show. I'll be there. So at any rate, Nancy Green, we said, you can stay at the house. All you have to do is make sure the dog's fed. And we'll give you the keys to the house. And the house is yours for the week. And all you have to do is line up your own guests, do whatever you want to do. You're headed to Cancun. You hadn't done that? No. (laughs) See, folks, this is what I'm talking about, his organization. (laughs) Well, it all worked out well. Nancy Green's first guest of the week and again, we're talking Topeka, Kansas Radio, was Leslie Nielsen of Airplane Fame. Wow. I, love that yeah. I mean, well, she had worked with all these people, and oh, Leslie absolutely. was uh, Canadian, great. you know, and Lauren, of course, was from Canada. He and, was? Mm-hmm. He's Canadian. Man, that just changed my whole vision of Bonanza. I love uh, Bonanza. <laughs> he was a Democrat, and now yeah. he's from Canada? <laughs> <laughs> What's up with 
that. Well, you know what? That's time. why he was a Democrat. He was from Canada. Well, it could be. Could, that could be it. <laughs> <laughs> but she came in for a week, and it was an absolute delight. And Nancy, what a great story. Yeah. And Nancy and I, you know, we remained friends for a number of years after that. That's wonderful. So she passed away, but what a great lady. And experiences like that. Uh, Paul Peterson, you know, of the Donna yeah. Reed uh, show. Uh, he was Jeff Stone on Donna Reed. Same thing. Paul, uh, I met Paul through doing the show, hosting the show. Really? And Paul's been in and out of Topeka on several occasions. We actually got a bill passed in the Kansas legislature because of Paul Peterson coming on the show years ago. What was the bill about? Paul, uh, born again, you know, just very, very uh, religious in his beliefs, a born-again Christian. Paul, in his younger days, had his challenges as uh, an actor making that transformation from childhood to adulthood. He was one of the first Musketeers hired, one of the first Musketeers fired in the whole nine yards. Walt Disney uh, commissioned Paul, who was also an author, in 1978, I believe, to write a book about the old original Musketeers, because you were talking about the best and the brightest America oh, had and to Nett offer. Oh, and Funicello, Bingo. all of that group. Yeah. Bobby, I can't remember his name, but he was on the Lawrence Welk Show. Lawrence Welk Show. Well, 15,000 kids auditioned to become a Musketeer back in the 50s. They chose 20 or so. I mean, these were America's best and brightest kids, without a doubt. So Walt uh, Disney asked Paul basically to do a Where Are They Now book, kind of a warm, touchy-feely book on, you know, the successes of the Musketeers, the old original ones. Paul found that there were more former Musketeers that had served jail time as opposed to getting a college degree. Because making that transformation from childhood to adulthood, you know, Cubby at 18 is no longer cute. I mean, Cubby is chubby. Uh, you know, and so many kids like that, that they just weren't cute. They were typecast. At 18, no, it they were tough. through. <laughs> you know, their career no. was through. And at 14, these kids didn't realize what they had in terms of fame. By the time they were 18, they were starting to realize that, hey, I'm a celebrity. But it's over. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. And, you know, drugs, booze, the whole nine yards came into so many of these form, former child actors' lives that they really had a tough time making the adjustment. Well, by this time, Paul was going through an adjustment himself. And um, as a result of just basically being this born-again Christian, a lot of things happened about the time that he was commissioned to write this book. Uh, lost a couple of these former child actor friends to drugs, suicides, overdoses, the whole nine yards. That he made a commitment that he was going to spend the rest of his life working with former child actors. And he's got so many stories to tell mm-hmm. about, you know, former child actors, some tragic, some funny, some success stories, the whole nine yards. Well, I've wanted, actually, it's interesting you bring him up because when you have a kid, for instance, in theater like mm-hmm. I do, it's one of the things you do worry about as a parent. I mean, you see these kids and they're here and they're cute and warm and fuzzy and then they grow up and they have some major problems. So how do you maneuver your kids through that because it is tough i mean you don't get the gig anymore because you don't fit this part and you know it's Mm -hmm. just it's a constant battle i think especially if you have a kid in theater or anything well-rounded parents like you would be that's not much of a problem but so many of these parents and paul's Mm -hmm. talked about his mother and uh and his mother was the typical stage mother if you will that paul remembers the day that he was fired uh as a musketeer and he was eight nine years old something at the time 
And he went home and he said, you know, I've been fired. Now I can go out for Little League Baseball. The kid was nine years old, and his mother said, you're not going to go out for anything. Monday morning, you're going to be out looking for a job. Oh, that's so now, sad. Now, this is a nine-year-old kid, and this was not untypical. They were gravy trains. They were gravy trains for these parents. Bingo. I mean, these were kids that were expected to work for a living. Well, going back to the bill that was passed in Kansas, and I want to give Lana, Senator Lana Olean a lot of credit on this. She carried the mail in the Senate, and House Speaker Doug Mays, without their cooperation and support, halt. Never would have gotten this bill passed. But child actors, whatever money they make, they have no rights to. This money is not set aside for these kids in a trust fund. This money is under their parents' sole control. Totally. These kids have no control. There's no uh, state mechanism set up to where their money is going to be protected, in other mm-hmm. words. Even from them. Hmm? Even yeah. from them, they need yeah. it. You know what I mean? And so from their parents. Right, from their parents and from them. Yeah. You know, yeah. If they're young yeah. and still, you know what kids would spend money on? Yeah. Well. You know, the cell phone that's going to be replaced in the next week. <laughs> well, Paul <laughs> could do two hours on the show and still not cover 10% of the abuses from parents. Oh, I believe that. Uh, you know, in, in Hollywood. So at any rate, there's a bill passed in Kansas that sets aside, mandates that there is money that's set aside that does give the children that are performing in Kansas, whether it's a movie production, TV, whatever the case may be, there will be money set aside for that child, 15%, 20%. It doesn't amount to a lot, but it's a step in the right direction. Kansas at the time was the third state, I believe, to enact this. 47 states out there don't have any protection, none whatsoever. So uh, Paul and I have become, again, lifelong friends Mm -hmm. as a result of Talk Radio. So, So many people like that. Well, can, those are great stories. I could go on memories. and on, but I know you've got to go. Well, uh, I just on. I just want to tell you, and I don't say this lightly, we talked a little bit off the air, I am so grateful for my relationship with you, and I'm grateful that you took a stay-at-home mom who was passionate about an issue and got her on the air, and I'll tell you, we would not have gotten legs under our our issue if it had not been for Jim Cates. And I'm forever grateful for that, and I'm forever grateful for kids in Kansas. Uh, we didn't get everything we wanted, but at least parents are aware of, of, of the things and the harms that they need to be responsive to on computers and so forth. So I'm grateful for that. And you know what? I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for you. You gave me a shot, and so I'm, I'm thankful. And I also appreciate that you send me Christmas cards every single year that this is the Because, fir- Jim, I didn't get a Christmas card one year. <laughs> And then I found it later, and yeah, so I'm now sure he sends me Christmas cards that say, first Christmas card. And then I'll get another one that says, second Christmas card. Right. <laughs> so. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Let's take one quick call. And then Earl Glenn. Good morning. John Arnold. Oh, good morning, John. Hang on. You bet. All right. Uh, John Arnold's going to be joining us. Earl Glenn, we're going to be talking about. I, I have no idea what we're going to be talking about. We'll find out. Stay tuned. More to come. I'm Jim Keats. Jackson's Greenhouse, your plant shopping center. Let Jackson put a big smile on your home. Landscape planning and design, we listen and we take the time. We're professionals and we're out to make it known. We're your plant shopping center all the way. Jackson's Greenhouse has what you need today. Residential or commercial, we're at your service. Landscape to lawn supplies that you like best. 
From roses, flowers, shrubs, and trees to everything your garden needs. Jackson says just come in, be our guest. Jackson's Greenhouse, your lawn and garden place. We're your plant shopping center all the way. At Jackson's Greenhouse, we're out to make your day. Hi, I'm Richard Roundtree. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yes, you heard me right. Men get breast cancer too, and men need just as much help understanding what their doctors tell them as women do. But where do you go to get that kind of help? Go to breastcancer.org, a special place on the Internet that helps you understand the kind of cancer you have, your treatment options, and all the big words your doctor uses. Breastcancer.org is the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. Eyewear Unique is a fun, upscale optical shop located in Topeka. They may be in mid-America, but their frame selection is world-class. The expert staff will help you into your first really awesome pair of high-quality eyewear. Their designer frame selection will hold its own against the finest shops in New York or L.A. Eyewear Unique is not just another optical shop. They are truly new and different. They are not interested in selling you a pair of glasses. They are interested in selling you eyeglasses for the rest of your life. Your face is a work of art, and it deserves a great frame. Eyewear Unique offers top of the line designer frames with names like Etnia, Barcelona, Lunor, Robert Mark, LA Eyeworks, Bevel Specs, Foydenhouse, Oliver Peoples, Ray-Ban, and Oakley, just to name a few. The frames run from stylish and affordable $90 eyewear to the extraordinary Fossa Frost line. Located at 4008 Southwest Huntoon Street in Topeka or visit them on the web at eyewearuniquetopeka.com. Take your face to the next level. Eyewear Unique. Eyewear for life. This is Risa with Lower Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. We are not just your heating and air conditioning experts. We also can take care of any of your plumbing needs, including sewers and backflow preventers. So call us now at 357-5123. Welcome back to Jim Cates at cjonline.com. Our phone lines are now open at 295-1150 or email jim at jim.cates at cjonline.com. Here's Jim. Hey, all right. We're back, Jeremiah Bullfrogs, 29th and Wanamaker. Again, we've talked about what a great sports bar it is. It is. But they also have good food if you're into hot, spicy chili. If you're into nacho, a nacho platter that would basically, I think, cover half of this desk. If you're into the best buffalo wings to be found anywhere. Folks, check it out. It's just a warm, comfortable place to meet uh, your friends uh, after work, possibly for a libation. 29th and Wanamaker, ideally located, a long-time sponsor, Rob and Tanya Fatally again. Friends of mine that have been long-time friends and supporters of this show. Jeremiah Bullfrogs, 29th and Wanamaker. For those of you that are tuning in, possibly for the first time this morning, this is uh, it. At 11 o'clock today, we walk out the door and we are officially into retirement to the retirement mode we are going to make a brief appearance on ralph hipp's show on tv 13 wibw monday afternoon at uh, four and other than that that's it i'm very very appreciative of the topeka capital journal for the past two and a half years hosting this show uh, wonderful wonderful group of people in this building and earl glenn john arnold uh monday and today as well, I was pointing out the importance. You know, as far as the perfect Christmas gift to give somebody, 
to me, it would be a subscription to this paper. And the reason I said that earlier, you're in the business. Uh, John, you are too, you know, with uh, your blogs. But a community that doesn't have a strong paper, that doesn't have strong media scrutinizations, shall we speak, shall we say, is a community in trouble. Somebody that truly loves Topeka, Kansas, and really wants to support Topeka and to give a gift that's going to keep on giving, that would be a subscription to this paper to make sure that we have a strong foundation in this community, meaning a local paper. It doesn't get any better than that. You're right, Jim. It's the First Amendment. It's a check and balance on, on the government and the spending of the people's money. So that, that's a great idea. Yeah, you betcha. Good morning, yeah, John. The, um, the, example, the best example of that is that Bell California problem. Absolutely. In fact, I wrote a blog on that a couple of months ago, John. Did you? Talking about uh, Bell California, a town of 30,000 people, a uh, suburb of Los Angeles. The mayor's making three-quarters of a million a year. City council members making 100,000. The chief of police is making a half a million. Outrageous, outrageous uh, <laughs> benefit packages for every employee in Bell. And it's because of the fact that Bell, California has no TV station in Bell, no radio stations in Bell, and most importantly, no local newspaper. Nobody yeah, and, was and, watching. And even the L.A. <laughs> Times did not have somebody covering Bell, California. No, yeah. I mean, it's a pity. So nobody reported on what's going on. Nobody was asking questions. No, you know? nobody. Nobody. Kind of important. And things just got out of control. In and Bell, a good California. example of why the capital journal is important. You bet. You bet. And I just keep asking people that say, you know, we dropped our subscription to the Capital Journal. We're now getting everything online. Well, that's good. Online's going to keep you informed, but who's paying the bill? And somebody yeah. has to be doing the research. Absolutely. Absolutely. And American and Kansas Watchdog do a good job of a lot of things, Earl. And, but we're uh, only one or two people, so. But uh, you can't do everything that a local newspaper could do. That's right. You bet. You bet. So it's just, it's so important that we have a strong local paper. Yep. Folks. Think about giving a subscription to somebody. You're helping your community by doing so. I can't think of a better way to spend $17 a month or whatever we charge. I don't know what it is. Well, my mom uh, just moved to town, so I need to make sure she, she has her subscription paid up. So. Good good for you. She, uh, Wamigo? Wamigo, she Wamigo. moved from Wamigo here to Topeka. She grew up in this area, so it's Where'd she move to? Is she in a... Uh, out on the west side of Topeka. Okay, she's not... Retirement, retirement center. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's where... My mother's in a retirement center, and uh, I'll tell you, very fortunate the one we have her in. It's proven yep. to be proven to be very good. For the next hour, I'm going to let you all carry the show. Uh, Kim Borchers was on during the eight o'clock hour. Just one of my favorite people. We were talking about talk radio. If you want to continue uh, going down that path, we can. Earl Glenn, John Arnold, it's entirely up to you. This is it. So, Jim, I, I have to tell you, I was listening for the past hour, and I thought you and Kim did a fine job, and it was really interesting. Uh, the only thing I missed is you didn't go, I mean, Kim re referenced it, but you didn't go down the list of people on your Hall of Shame, ah. the people who did not show up or oh. did not come on when you asked them to. You know, I think, and I think that's probably an important list. Well, I think I might have that. I don't know whether I've brought that or not. The funniest one, frankly, uh, was when I just started out in talk radio, and I was with 580 back in 1997. I've been on the air for less than 90 days. Had a guest scheduled to come on, I think it was early Monday morning. It never occurred to me that I would schedule a guest and that guest wouldn't show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was new enough to the show on 580 at the time that 
very few people listening. Uh, the few people that were listening didn't care much for me because they wanted their old host back. Yeah. And nobody was calling the show. Nobody. Well, to make a long story short, I was green as green could be. And again, it never occurred to me that I was going to have a no-show. So in other words, I had nothing prepared whatsoever. In case I had that no-show, nothing. Uh, <laughs> this guy. Up to yourself. Huh? Well, so did you have a newspaper in front of you at least? <laughs> <laughs> I did have that, and I had a phone book to where I could read names and phone numbers. <laughs> but this guest billed himself as the world's leading memory expert. And the guy went so far as <laughs> to send forgot. me. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> this guy went so far as to send me three giveaway packets that were selling, I think, for $75 a piece. I mean, these were expensive gifts. You know, it had the cassette tapes at the time. Cassettes were popular. And it had the manual and what have you, making sure that if you went through this course, you would never forget anything again. The guy forgot. I never did hear from him. Oh, you he, never did? He, no, and he sent the tapes. I mean, you know, <laughs> confirming the date, the time, and this is the number I'm supposed to call. And feel free during the course of the hour that I'm going to be on to give away these three uh, sets. Uh, to, uh, your guest, work it any way you want to, trivia, however you want to do it. So, <laughs> never heard from the guy. A little, little, little bit embarrassed, I would imagine. Forgot. <laughs> Just a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> the world's leading memory expert. So how long did you talk about what a no what a no good no show he was? Uh, quite a quite a while because I had <laughs> nothing prepared to say yeah. whatsoever. Nobody was calling the show, and I had fifty five minutes to go. So he, the longest fifty five minutes I think I've spent on the air. So you have a stock list now. If somebody didn't show up, you could just oh yeah, you know jokes and the whole nine yards that I can pull out of the yeah. briefcase and I'm fine. But. Dion was my second one. Now, Dion's probably, this was a hit of your time, Earl Glenn. John, you would remember Dion and the Belmonts, my favorite oh, sure. all-time song, A Teenager in Love. Well, Dion was a no-show. He was my second. Then we had James Elroy, uh, Declan McCullough. He was a Y2K guest. Uh, Who Bob, was James Elroy? James Elroy, author. Uh, actually, uh, world-renowned, apparently lives in Mission Hills, I believe. Wright's kind of from the dark side. Um, at any rate, he was a no-show. Governor Ray Romer, former Colorado governor. Roy Romer, yeah, I know Roy. Do you? Yeah. Well, of course you would from your Colorado days. Oh, yeah, he and I tussled a little bit. Uh, over the euthanasia? Oh, that? in my case, it was over my road project. Cause oh, he was but trying, it would be. yeah. He was trying to get a transportation bill through the legislature. This would have been 1986, uh, just after he got elected. And I needed a bill for my highway project, E-470, to authorize the issuance of bonds, should we choose to do so. Yeah. And um, I had a lobbyist who was well-schooled in the legislature, and he and I went to see the Speaker of the House, because the Speaker of the House in Colorado was much stronger than the governor, frankly. And we said, okay, should we go with the governor's program, or should we run our program by ourselves? He said, the governor's program ain't going nowhere because <laughs> he was of a different party than the governor, and they weren't going to do it. So we ran our bill independently and got it passed. I don't think Roy Romer ever, in 12 years, ever got a transportation program passed. Wow, wow. Anyway. Interesting so anyway. guy, but uh, he ended up being a no-show. Ah, it's too bad. Yeah. But the worst guest, and Kim and I kind of went through <laughs> this uh, last hour, some of the bad ones. June Lockhart was absolutely I bad. heard that. That's a real surprise. Oh, well, it was to me, uh, because I always liked June Lockhart from the Lassie days. In fact, sure. John... Provost Timmy has been on this show. 
and uh, Gene Lockhart was on Lost in Space and yeah. Junction, the whole nine yards. Just a witch. <laughs> but probably, you know, Kim asked me the question last hour, the worst guest, and it probably should have been Joe Wallach, I think was his name. Joe Wallach. Yeah, this was, again, back uh, years ago. This guy billed himself as a medical expert. And there was a disclaimer at the top of the hour when he came on, you know, that uh, take this advice somewhat with a grain of salt. If you're having a serious medical problem, consult your local physician the whole nine yards. But the guy had written a book, and he's been all over, or was at the time, all over talk radio. So I had him booked for an hour. He was actually working his way across the country uh-huh. in person. Most of these guests uh, that I've had on, the nationally known guests, it's been a phoner rather yeah. than an in-person. Well, this guy was working his way across the country in person. He shows up at about a quarter of eight in the morning and announces that I'm not going to be on your show for an hour uh, because I've got an important show to do by phone <laughs> in New York City. <laughs> but he showed just, up in person to tell you that. Oh, yeah, arrogant. You know, and I had him on for about a half hour, just arrogant. So at any rate, he said, I've got my assistant with me. At 8.30, I'm going to be doing this show uh, <laughs> in New York City. From your studio? Was yes, that? yes. Wow. No, oh, whatever. You know, it. so the guy was on for a half hour, and the phone lines were really lit up, people calling with their medical conditions, asking for medical advice, and what he said seemed to me to be reasonable, reasonable responses. So at any rate, we take a break at 8.30. Uh, he takes off, and he's doing his important talk show <laughs> the station in New York City, sends his assistant in. And we start off uh, for the first five or ten minutes or so with his assistant. Again, a good radio voice appeared to somewhat know what he was talking about. And it's time for a break. We take a break. And I asked the guy about his background. I said, where did you get your medical degree? And he said, medical degree? He says, I met Dr. Wallach on a rafting trip <laughs> six months ago in Colorado. I was, the ra- <laughs> I was in charge of taking the raft down the Colorado River. And Dr. Wallach asked if I wanted to go on the road with him. <laughs> so, so did your list of questions change at that point then? He was gone uh, before we uh, <laughs> went back on the year. I sent him packing. And I said, folks, anything you've heard over the past 40 minutes, please discount. Please call your family physician. <laughs> and then we went into open lines. But I thought, my God. A <laughs> little, little bit of uh, snake oil. Oh, the indeed. world is full of snake oil sales. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, so is there anybody that you tried to book and you couldn't, you could never get them booked mm. to cover that? Oh, several. Yeah, several. Uh, getting into presidential politics, for example, you know, when we were going through the caucuses and the primaries, what have you, trying to get a presidential candidate to do a show in Topeka, Kansas. Oh, in Kansas. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Because uh, it's not on their, it's not on the list of, uh, caucuses or, or yeah. elections. You know, so. We were so far down the list that everything was going to be determined before you know, we got to the Kansas caucus and uh, what have you. So it was virtually impossible. <laughs> Having said that, Nancy Boyda, Congresswoman Boyda, was a regular guest on the show. And uh, this was right after Nancy was elected. And we were talking about presidential politics, things starting to heat up on the Republican side of the aisle. And she said, who would you like to have on the show? And this was just conversation. I said, well, I'd like to have Tom Tancredo on the show. I mean, Tom and I philosophically were two peas in a pod. I agreed with virtually everything that came out of Tancredo's mouth. And he was, 
at that time, possibly a dark horse candidate that maybe was going to yeah, make some noise. Yeah, his, his name was mentioned, yeah. Yeah, and I uh, said, you know, also, Ron Paul would be another one. I've agreed with uh, Congressman Paul on virtually everything pertaining to, you know, uh, the world looking at it through the economic uh, uh, prism of Ron Paul's. And Nancy says, well... I don't know Tom Tancredo. Nancy had just been elected. I mean, I'd be surprised she had contacts with either of those, but you never know. Well, she said, she said, I don't know Congressman Tancredo can't help you. But Congressman Paul, I've gotten to know in the few weeks that I've been a congresswoman, and we've really kind of struck uh, a chord with each other, and I really like and respect Congressman Paul. I'll see what I can do. I'm fine, Nancy, you do that. And I thought, you know, it was kind of fun to talk about. Well, a week and a half later, I get a call from Congressman Paul's office, and they said, we just want to let you know, we understand you have a talk show in Topeka, Kansas, and we want to let you know that Congresswoman Boyda was in her office this morning saying you would like to have Congressman Paul on the show. And uh, we'll let you know if something comes up, but we just wanted to let you know that the Congresswoman asked. Well, that, well, that was, that was my, a nice thing for yeah. Nancy to do. A week later, I get a call from Congressman Paul's office. They said, we've got two slots available. Both of them are 40 minutes in length. Here's the dates. Here's the times. You pick. So I said, well, I'll pick next Tuesday at 840. And Congressman Paul was on the show uh, for 40 minutes as a result of Congresswoman Boyda. And just one of the few presidential candidates that we had on the show, but it was all due to Democrat Congresswoman Nancy Boyda, Lining up. <laughs> That's a very surprising connection. I never would have, would never would have thought of that, of making that connection that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very, very good friends. In fact, um, Ron, Congressman Paul had written a couple of books. I have both now. Nancy had them both autographed for me. And uh, so, yeah, they had That's a very, cool. very, very good relationship, very close relationship. Well, Paul didn't get two votes out of Kansas, but he convinced you that he was a pretty good guy. So I guess yes. that was a good 40 minutes for you. <laughs> Yes, he did. And, you know, that's back when illegal immigration was the topic. And oh, Tancredo in particular, I guess. Yes. Yeah, yeah Tancredo was really carrying the mail on that issue. And I remember giving Ron Paul, you know, five minutes uh, for a close to say whatever he wanted to say on the air. So I was really appreciative of the guy coming on. He stayed completely away from the political hot-button issues and spent five minutes talking about the Federal Reserve System and the whole nine yards, which was important, but duller than dirt, you know, on radio. Uh, I'm sure we had a lot of people tuning out. But I was so impressed with his statesmanship, you know, not coming back to the illegal immigration issue, which we had several calls on while he was on, but talking about something that was so important to this country, you know, his thoughts on the Federal Reserve, which we may or may not agree with, but the point being... He could have used that five minutes for his political advantage and chose not to. Well, he sees that as a yeah. problem that needs to be solved, and that's, yes. that's one of the things he's taken on. Yeah. And it's he not an issue that's going to energize the masses to where you're going to go out on the streets. <laughs> that's, it's that tough. Well, there, there's some in-the-fed rallies in Kansas City, and the last one, I think, maybe eight or nine people showed up. So it, it's a tough... It's a tough thing. Uh, there's a few people that are very passionate, but it's a tough sell. That was a, a Chiefs football Sunday, so the Chiefs football uh, won over the, the uh, end of Fed rally at the Federal Reserve in Kansas City. Surprise, surprise. Right. Perfect example. Well, now, now, Earl and Jim, doesn't, uh, doesn't Paul have out a new book on the Fed called Ed, In the Fed or something like that? I, I'm not sure on the, about that. I, I know that's his topic is all. I know. I've seen it, I've seen it advertised, yeah. and... Uh, I don't know what his argument is, uh, and as Jim says, it's a really 
esoteric kind of argument, I think, uh, when you're talking about the Fed anyway. Well, it's tough to get people up off their chairs and say, gee, I'm going to go out and march. Well, and, and he <laughs> wants to audit the march. Fed, so auditing such a, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know we were in Des Moines, Iowa. This was uh, in my 1440 days a couple of years ago when we were going through the Republican caucus system in Iowa. That a group called FAIR, which is a group that I still believe in, it's a group that's fighting illegal immigration and doing a pretty effective job of it. They had 25 talk show hosts that came into Des Moines for three days, broadcasting from Des Moines. And basically, it was kind of geared to the illegal immigration issue. Ron Paul happened to be staying at our hotel, same hotel, so we ran into Ron everywhere. And we went to a Ron Paul rally uh, in one of the ballrooms of the hotel that night. Well, again, it was like a college classroom setting. Ron Paul had the opportunity to energize the masses. I mean, there was, I don't know, seven, 800 people there, most of which were under the age of 35. Young college kids are uh, post-college, but, yeah, the whole nine yards. And um, he spent 40 minutes talking about, you know, the economic system, Federal Reserve, gold standards, the whole nine yards. It was like sitting in a classroom. Educational as could be, informative as could be, but it didn't energize those 750 to go out in 20-degree weather the next morning and knock on doors in Des Moines. So, yep. yeah. Well, he, he has a very dedicated following, though. It didn't, yes. it didn't energize more, maybe, but yeah. in our area, when, when, when he was running for president, there were in the Kansas City area, there were signs everywhere, and it's still not clear, was that like one guy that put up all these signs, or five, or... But he has he has a very loyal following. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, hey, John, we're going to have to bid you adieu. We are getting all kinds of callers calling in and wanting to come on the show. John, I just want to say I appreciate everything, my friend. You have done. It's uh, been you, fun. You've, you've been a godsend. You truly it's, have. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. I'm, I just thought I had to call in on your last show, Jim. Well, and John, I, I thought Kevin McGinty's uh, blog is very good. Also, I'm I'm with you. Well, I haven't read it. I haven't had a chance to read Kevin's blog, but I'm just... Uh, yeah, you'll like it. Again, so appreciative of everything you've done, John Arnold, over the years. You've just been a great sure. friend. Okay, we need to take a break. Thanks Appreciate again, John Arnold. Have a Merry Christmas, my friend. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, stay tuned, folks. More to come. Jackson's Greenhouse, your plant shopping center. Let Jackson put a big smile on your home. Landscape planning and design, we listen and we take the time. We're professionals and we're out to make it known. We're your plant shopping center all the way. Jackson's Greenhouse has what you need today. Residential or commercial, we're at your service. Landscape to lawn supplies that you like best. From roses, flowers, shrubs, and trees to everything your garden needs. Jackson says just come in, be our guest. Jackson's Greenhouse, your lawn and garden place. We're your plant shopping center all the way. At Jackson's Greenhouse, we're out to make your day. Hi, I'm Richard Roundtree. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yes, you heard me right. Men get breast cancer too, and men need just as much help understanding what their doctors tell them as women do. But where do you go to get that kind of help? Go to breastcancer.org. 
a special place on the Internet that helps you understand the kind of cancer you have, your treatment options, and all the big words your doctor uses. Breastcancer.org is the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. Eyewear Unique is a fun, upscale optical shop located in Topeka. They may be in mid-America, but their frame selection is world-class. The expert staff will help you into your first really awesome pair of high-quality eyewear. Their designer frame selection will hold its own against the finest shops in New York or L.A. Eyewear Unique is not just another optical shop. They are truly new and different. They are not interested in selling you a pair of glasses. They are interested in selling you eyeglasses for the rest of your life. Your face is a work of art, and it deserves a great frame. Eyewear Unique offers top of the line designer frames with names like Etnia, Barcelona, Lunor, Robert Mark, LA Eyeworks, Bevel Specs, Foyden House, Oliver Peoples, Ray-Ban, and Oakley, just to name a few. The frames run from stylish and affordable $90 eyewear to the extraordinary Fossa Foss line. Located at 4008 Southwest Huntoon Street in Topeka or visit them on the web at eyewearuniquetopeka.com. Take your face to the next level. Eyewear Unique. Eyewear for life. This is Risa with Lauer Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. We are not just your heating and air conditioning experts. We also can take care of any of your plumbing needs, including sewers and backflow preventers. So call us now at 357-5123. Welcome back to Jim Cates at cjonline.com. Our phone lines are now open at 295-1150 or email jim at jim.cates at cjonline.com. Here's Jim. All right, we're back. Downtown Antique and Collectibles Hall, 5th and Harrison. Again, just a great, great, great friends. So if you've got something that you want to sell, folks, they take items on consignment. Again, gently used items. You can find virtually everything in their store. They're open seven days a week, but it's a good place to pick up a little Christmas holiday cash. Downtown Antique and Collectibles Mall, 5th and Harrison. Check it out. All right. Uh, let's go... Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jim.Cates at CJOnline.com. Earl Glenn, I'm a record collector, and I just got the neatest email from a listener. I'm certainly not going to give his name out on the air other than to say, Good morning, Joe. And, because um, I'm always looking for old 45s and LPs. Just got an email from a listener that says, I have got a lot, lot of them. I tell you, that'll be one of the first calls I'll make when I get off the air. Well, what a way to start retirement. There oh, you go. Boy. <laughs> get you all fired up there, Jim. <laughs> oh, I mean, I would hope to shout. Earl Glenn's my guest, and uh, KansasWatchdog.org. I know many of you have checked it out, and many of you have it listed as one of your favorites you should, because, again, just news reporting. And, Earl, we've spent two weeks on this show talking about the importance of the media, you know, the good things the media does. And I'm not talking about talk radio. I'm talking about print media especially. Well, print media now meaning Internet print media, and uh, that's what you're doing with KansasWatchdog.org. Now, you're looking at more of the state stories than you are state-related stories. Because you're out of Johnson County. You grew up in Wamego, but you currently reside in Johnson County. Yeah, and my, my boss has encouraged me to do more computer-assisted reporting stories, so, you know, analyzing data and things like that. So that's that's kind of my, my future is going to be that that direction. 
Oh, boy. Yeah, that'll keep me plenty busy. Yes, well, so like for yesterday, for example, with uh, the big um, omnibus bill that came out, uh, Senator Tom Colburn from Oklahoma, Oklahoma had a list of about almost 7,000 earmarks in there. So I downloaded the 1,900-page bill, looked for the word Kansas or KS or anything related to Kansas. So you find the $40 million uh, agro-research thing at K-State that's in there. And there was one other reference that just didn't make any sense what it was. But then in... in um, in Coburn's list, there was maybe 80-some uh, different earmarks for Kansas that totaled almost $170 million. So there's just some crazy things in there. So that, that, that's the type of computer project I'd get involved with. You know, Earl Glenn earmarks, it's rather confusing because if you take a look at earmarks, how they uh, really fit into the overall government spending. Very, very small percentage. But by the same token, there's a heck of a lot of waste in earmarks. And again, so many of these are done under the cover of darkness, if you will. I liked what Nancy Boyder did a couple of years ago. I mean, she had a list, I don't know, 30 well, or 40 very public about request, it. but yeah, absolutely was very Publicly public aired. with her request. We knew what she was looking for as far as earmark requests in Kansas, and some of them, are, whoa. Well, <laughs> but the point being, uh, it gets back into that word transparency in government. She was upfront, open, and honest. This is and, and, and that's the way we need our government to operate. So, Bingo. Jim, Jim, thank you for for all you've done in that regard. Because we we just got to keep them keep them honest and uh, and keep them telling the public what they're really doing. Let's go to the phones two nine five eleven fifty. I don't think we've given our phone number out this morning. Uh, Jim dot at cjonline dot com. Good morning. Hello. Yeah, whoever was on. Hello. Hi. Yeah, Jim. Yes. Yeah, Richard Fry here. How are you doing? Uh, doing fine, Richard. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Congratulations on your retirement. We're all going to be sorry to see you go. Well, I'm kind of looking forward to it. You know, starting Monday morning, my sole purpose in life will be to make sure the wife is up, out of bed, and getting to work on time. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful. You'll be suffering from skillet burns. <laughs> Good point. Richard, what's on your mind today, my friend? Well, uh, I just wanted to, to try to inform folks of some things that are going on and what they can do about them. Uh, what I'm looking at now is the fact that the states, uh, some of the states are giving away their sovereignty uh, in an effort to fix this Obamacare. Uh, and they're they're never going to win the game. Uh, and, and, and here's what I mean by that, uh, under Article 3, Section 2, Clause 2 of the Constitution, uh, this, it provides that the states and foreign sovereigns, uh, that the Supreme Court has jurisdiction over all cases relating to those sovereigns, and which means that they can uh, only be sued in the Supreme Court, and they have direct a access to the Supreme Court. Uh, and I have, and let me say that that's based on the state's Sovereignty. You've heard the expression, a king can't be sued without his consent. That's what that's all about. When the Constitution was put together by the states, uh, the states consented to being sued uh, in the Supreme Court only, and that was it. Uh, and they reserved their right that they always had to go to the highest court in the land. They, they reserved it. Uh, and so that was, uh, that was never given away. Uh, and what we have now, we have statutes that are unconstitutional, uh, whereby, and I've read all these, uh, I've read the Virginia uh, petition, I've read the Florida petition, I've read the Arizona petition, I've read the amicus briefs in those, and they all rely upon federal statutes that 
simply do not conform, and it's quite easy to read it. They just don't conform to Article 3, Section 2, Clause 2. Uh, Richard, what are you doing? Uh, do you have a group that's meeting locally? Um, yes, I, I do. I'm working as the National Council for the Patriot Coalition, uh, and we are putting on seminars now to educate the groups about this. Okay, um, Richard, where do we go to get information if we want more information on the Patriot Coalition? Where do we go? Um, you can go to patriotcoalition.com. Okay. Or they can contact me directly. My phone number is 816-853-8718, or they can contact me at Richard Fry, F-R-Y, one word, November, like the month, Patriots, plural, dot info. Okay. 816-853-8718. That's correct. Gotcha. Uh, and we do have a thing going on uh, December 29th in Manhattan, and one uh, in Wichita is going to be on uh, December the 31st. Another Real quick, uh, Manhattan, where on the 29th? Uh, I'm not sure the exact location of that. I know that that's been put together now. It'll be uh, posted on the website then? Yeah, we can we can we'll get it up on the, the uh, website, yeah. Very good. Richard, have a Merry Christmas, and thanks for everything you do. Thanks for all that you have done. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Hey, Richard Fry. All right, Earl Glenn, KansasWatchdog.org. Well, one of the transparency issues that came up in, uh, just a week ago was the uh, the uh, Judicial Selection Committee, just out of nowhere, admitted that those those meetings were going to be open to the public. So that's the type of openness that we haven't seen. So I'm not exactly sure what, what prompted that, but that's something that's definitely welcome that's coming to Kansas. You know, it's going to be <coughs> Governor-elect Brownback. I like so much of what we're seeing so far. The Office of the Repealer. Why hasn't this been done before? I mean, <laughs> well, you run into laws like, why do we have this law? And so at least you have a place to take that now. Bingo. You know, and Dennis Taylor, I think it was a great choice as far as Secretary of Administration. Uh, Dennis has been employed with the city of Topeka the past couple of years. Former Shawnee County uh, Commissioner. And the guy has a great resume. He's worked now for two, three governors. This will be his third or fourth governor that he's worked for in key positions for each and every one. Uh, very, very intelligent individual. Philosophically, certainly to the right of spender, uh, right of center. <laughs> right on, of spender. Yeah, that too. On spending issues. Uh, I think, I think it's going to be a great appointment. But the office of the repealer, basically it's to take antiquated, unworkable laws off the books. Well, and I would hope that the focus is on saving money, too. Things that, that's costing money that maybe we, we, we don't really need to do. So, Bingo, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why this hasn't been done before. Uh, Bob Bennett, years ago, back in the late 70s, was taking a look at a lot of the federal money coming into the state of Kansas and basically doing a cost efficiency study on whether we're really getting a big bang for the buck. And I can't remember the results out of uh, 15 agencies that we were funding in Kansas as a result of this federal money working its way into the state. We were spending more money than we were getting out of the feds uh, as far as cost efficiency, cost effectiveness. Well, but nothing happened. That that word but efficiency is usually it's used in business a lot. You know, they they look at all sorts of things uh, to make sure that a business is profitable. But that doesn't happen in government very much. Just this week in Johnson County, though, they closed uh, two or three schools, 
and they used efficiency metrics to basically decide which schools to close. If basically, if the school wasn't being, if the rooms weren't being used 50% or more, that that was on the their target list on on the school to close. So, efficiency metrics and other just measuring things and and trying to have some goals is a good way that government could improve itself. Jim.kts.cgonline.com. I just got an email from Frank Williams. Frank, for the, thanks for the kind email. Talking about Larry King's uh, last day. Larry made the front page of the paper this morning. <laughs> so this is Larry King's uh, last draw today as well. And Frank, thanks so much for your kind comments. I do appreciate it. And Earl Glenn is my guest. Talk radio, that's what uh, we've been spending some time talking about. Talk radio today, kind of interjecting some thoughts on the top stories of the day, the top stories well, of the week. And, uh, giving you a chance to reminisce, Jim. I think that's pretty important here on your last day. So things things that well, come to mind over your, over the years of speaker radio here. Pretty important what you do as well, believe you me. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Yes, I had a guest for Mr. Jackson. It's ten minutes early. Uh, well, we can certainly relay the. We can certainly relay it to him. He's going to be with us at ten o'clock this morning. What would your question be? Well, it was it has to do with overseeding, but uh, I thought he was supposed to be on now. Is uh, uh, Governor Elect uh, Brown back on at the moment? No, we had uh, Kim Butchers on at eight o'clock, and future Governor Earl Glenn <laughs> with us. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Overseeding. What's your question? Uh, well, Jim Foster, I think I just recognized the voice. Good morning. Your question on overseeding, it'll be the first question. We'll ask Dave Jackson when he comes on at 10. Well, it has to do with dormant overseeding this time of year, whether it's wise to do it now or whether it's better to do it in February. Okay. I think his answer is going to be it makes no difference. Um you know, once we hit the December the 15th date, whether you overseed now, whether you overseed February the 15th, it makes no difference because we're going to have a lot of freeze and thaw cycles. It's just a matter of working that seed into the ground. Do it either way. But we'll hear it uh, directly from Dave as well. All right. Stay in touch, my friend, now that you have a little more time. I'm going to miss you. Well, Jim Foster, you're not going to miss me. We will stay in contact. All right. Take care, my friend. Talk to you soon. Jim Foster from Osage County. And uh, Jim, again, is one of those watchdogs that we've talked about, citizen watchdogs. Certainly has proven to be that in Osage County. Well, and that, that's actually part of my job. If, if, uh, if you're a citizen and, and you, you don't know about open records and you want to know about open records, uh, get a hold of me and I'll try to help you. If you want to set up a blog to expose some area in your county government that needs to be exposed, uh, I can help you with that, too. Okay, and to contact Earl Glenn, how do we do that? Uh, Earl at KansasWatchdog.org. Okay, it's just that simple, folks. So take advantage of it. Okay, Jim.Kates at CJOnline.com. Dave Jackson's coming in around 10 o'clock this morning, and we are going to be talking about lawn and garden issues. So if you have a question, you can email us early, of course, and we will get your questions answered between 10 and 11 o'clock. For those of you that have been emailing me on a regular basis, uh, starting at 11 o'clock, well, don't start. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Have you given out your new, pulled, huh? is there a new email address for you, Jim? But, uh, well, there is jkates8, the number 8, at cox.net. And Earl, I know you've got that number. Yeah. That uh, address, and, and I'm sure we're going to stay in contact. Yeah, we'll, we'll stay in touch, Jim. There's Absolutely all sorts of things will. to talk about. Absolutely. Well, Jim, you could hang out at the Capitol and just, there's, they have these hearings over there. There's lots of topics that you could give them all sorts of wisdom on. So yeah. Maybe, 
Well, I gave my wisdom, you know, for four years. I interjected my wisdom at the Capitol and accomplished very little. Well, that's part of the whole legislative process. It's just very, very hard to, to get much done over there. Did yeah. you know Tim Carmody when you were over there? Mm-hmm. He, he was my state rep, and I still remember when he retired, he said he couldn't decide whether it was more fun to beat his head against the wall or run for re-election. So that's where he was really touring on. He was a great guy, but it, it's it's just a real battle for those people. Uh, it's truly tough work. Yeah, Tim was there on the... Late 80s, yeah. maybe early 90s. I think I served two years with Tim. Yeah. Because, my gosh, you know, my time in the legislature, that was a long, long time ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a name certainly out of the past. Yeah. I haven't thought of Tim in years. He's an attorney, so he's he's doing uh, wills and things of trust on things like that now. Yeah, yeah. Trying to think who was in the legislature from Johnson County when I was in. Lisa Benlin, uh, Republican at the time, now Democrat. I think she was defeated. She just she? defeated by Greg Smith. Uh, okay, okay. So that that was actually very, uh, I was surprised. I, I just thought that she, she was kind of a lock on that district, but I was wrong. Yeah, you know, the new names in Johnson County, there's so many new names. I'm trying to think of legislators that I would know in Johnson County. Ray Merrick, uh, I didn't serve with Ray, but uh, I've met Ray on several occasions. John Brattle's been in there for a long time. (laughs) Uh, John and I would agree to disagree on uh, a lot of issues. I'm sure he's a great person. I know, I'm sure he is. But from longevity, politically, oh boy, uh, John and I would disagree on most political issues. Uh, Mary Pilcher Cook, I haven't seen or talked to Mary in years. But um, certainly remember Mary. Uh, boy, outside the, of the rest of them, there are there, there isn't a lot of old timers there. No, there isn't. Karen Brownlee, and she's but the, she's leaving to go to work for uh, Governor-elect Brownback as Secretary of Labor. I right. Believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and actually, the we I have it here on my list. There's all sorts of elections still going on. Last Saturday, they had an election in the eighth Senate to replace Derek Schmidt. And Jeff King won that, but now we have to have another election to replace Jeff, Jeff King. King and the legislature. So there's about a half a dozen uh, elections that are still going on, and these I call them the post-election elections here. So, how would you view Jeff King? And again, I I don't know Jeff. I know his voting record, and I would put him in. And again, folks, a term you hear a lot used in the printed media is moderate Republicans. In my opinion, there are very few moderate Republicans. There's a lot of conservatives. Quite a few liberals, but not many moderates. I think I would put Jeff King in well, if, if that select group, really, of moderates. Yeah, and, and, fair? and if I remember correctly, he moved from, actually moved from Johnson County, worked with a big law, law firm. Uh, I probably shouldn't speculate a name because I'd probably get it wrong. But uh, didn't he run against Frank Miller down there? Yes. And so Frank Miller was a longtime conservative, and so, um, uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would probably say Jeff's probably in the moderate camp. Okay, Jim.Cates at CJOnline.com. Uh, well, the wife's listening today. Apparently she made it to work on time. That's good. <laughs> That's very, very good. Uh, Dwight Calhoun, insurance agent, farmers insurance, and just a nice email from Dwight. So, Dwight, I really appreciate your comments. Dwight's been a listener now for 14 years, and um, he's a good one. You know, it's people like Dwight that... They really have made this show so much fun. You know, the guests I've had on, uh, a lot of lifelong friends have evolved as a result of sure. uh, serving as guest on this show. But so many listeners, so many regular callers to the show. You know, we've just established You, you that get to know their personalities even, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are talking earlier about you did a show, was it on the road up in Iowa? Did you do any other shows on the road, or is it just... 
Oh, a few local remotes, but that's the only time that uh, we were sent out of town. And uh, that was a great experience. I uh, had, over the course of three days, of course, Congressman Paul was on the show, uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Right. And Sheriff Joe. He's quite a guy. Uh, yes, indeed, he's quite a guy. Uh, very crusty on and off the air. <laughs> Not much difference. He was in Iowa basically campaigning for Mitt Romney, which really? surprised me. Yes. Um, and the reason he was campaigning for Mitt Romney, Sheriff Apollo is from Massachusetts originally. That I did not know. I didn't either. And uh, him and Romney became friends, and uh, he was on the stump for Mitt Romney. You wouldn't think he would have been a Romney supporter. Yeah. And more of the Tancredo, and I don't, <laughs> Duncan I, Hunter mold. Yeah. I looked up how that he's a fairly old guy, and for for I just hope I'm as active as he is at that age. So uh, Joe's Joe's quite. A, he was in Kansas City here recently for Chris Kobach, and so that's I got to watch him on a radio show down there. So that's the only oh, okay. time I've ever seen him. Yeah, what you see is what you get. There's no phoniness about Sheriff O'Pow. Yeah, but as far as being this backslapping, but he's, he's quite <laughs> well, well, well met. Uh uh-uh. uh Well, uh, he he knows what he thinks. Like he knows what he believes, and he yeah. knows what actions he wants to take. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we had some interesting guests. Uh, Fred Thompson, of course, for a brief period of time. Uh, Ron Paul, a couple of times during the course of those three days, and Alan Keyes. Alan, Alan I've met him once. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's very articulate. Doesn't he have a Ph.D. in history yeah. or something? So, yeah, I remember when he ran for president at the time before, six years ago, I believe. You know, the Republican debates. Alan Keyes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. The yeah. clear, decisive winner. Well, he's kind of an academic, so, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, over the, over the years, did you ever have anybody that was kind of salty with their language? Did you have to hit the button to... to, to yes, and uh, that happened one time. And it wasn't a caller. It was a guest that got upset with a caller. (laughs) (laughs) And had the SOB word that came out on the air and was getting ready to drop the infamous F-bomb. And, uh, so you caught it in time. <laughs> so we're not on a delay here, Jim, so we have to be very careful. So. I guess no, I guess you're recording it, so you'd, you'd so have to we, edit it out of that. We hit the button on time to get the F-bomb. Now, you know, when I was with Cumulus, we weren't on a delay. No delay at all. None. And did you have any problem with that None. ever? None. But, you know, talk radio callers, uh, they're to the age that, you know, dropping the F-bomb, they've been there, done that, and... Uh, well, look who yeah. just through the door. We were just talking about uh, Doug Mays during the 8 o'clock hour. Well, Doug, good to see you. Hi, good, uh, good to see you. Our former House Speaker, I had, I don't know whether you were listening earlier this morning, put on the headphones. Is that why you're here? No. <laughs> <laughs> but Kim Borchers was on, and uh, I wanted to have Kim on as one of my last guests. In fact, uh, Doug was one of my last guests. He was on the show Several weeks ago. But Kim was asking me about some of the most memorable guests and people. And we got on uh, the topic of Paul Peterson. And right. we were talking about Paul coming in and out of Kansas as a result of guesting on the show several times. Well, Paul, we connected Paul with Senator Lana Olean and most importantly with then House Speaker Doug Mays. I wasn't House uh, Speaker yet. Mm. I was pro Tim. That's right, you were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this was to get a bill introduced and passed protecting child actors, mm-hmm. you know, making the transformation from childhood to adulthood, mm-hmm. making sure we were protecting their money, right? Uh, making sure that we were providing necessary education in Kansas, the whole nine yards. And 
you carried the uh, you carried the mail on this one on the house side. Yeah, house side and Lana on the uh, Lana lean on the uh, Senate side. And there really wasn't much opposition. There were questions, but that was about it. The governor got behind it too and, and uh, went right on through. So but we had to have somebody to carry the mail, and you did. Well, and, uh, it was yeah. a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Paul is now hosting a TV show in L.A. Really? Yeah, yeah. I saw him on uh, his Facebook page. Uh, he's lost a lot of weight. He looks like he's about uh, 30 years old again. Really? I haven't checked out his Facebook page. Uh, my daughter's setting up a Facebook page for me well, this week. You check out your own Facebook page. Well, I did last night. My daughter was uh, uh, posting some pictures on my Facebook page. And there's a picture of Joe Arpaio. Arpaio. Well, apparently my handwriting's terrible um, because it's Joe Serpio <laughs> or something. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah. It's kind of an unusual. It took me a time to get yeah. used to spelling of that name. Yeah. yeah, and Marsha Wallace that was on the old Bob Newhart show. Uh, Marsha was one of my favorite guests. There's a picture of her. And, uh, again, my handwriting must be bad because it's currently posted as yeah, Marsha Williams, but we'll take care of that tonight. I thought yeah. June Lockhart was your favorite guest. <laughs> Well, we did talk about. I heard that one. Hard. I, I heard that one. I was, uh, I don't, I was sort of out in the middle of uh, the state somewhere, and I was listening to you, and I thought, <laughs> my God, who is this woman who won't answer a question? Oh, she wouldn't. That, that was the deal. She wouldn't answer. Terrible. Her. Yeah, yeah. Tony Dow. I think you got him out of. I don't think he even got out of bed for his. You know. <laughs> so you'd ask the question that's just dead air, huh? So. <laughs> dead air, or, yeah. or uh, just uh, controversial. I mean, just right back in your face type. Of uh, uh, just, uh, I don't even know why she got on. <laughs> Obviously, she didn't like Jim. Didn't want to talk to Jim. Yeah. Well, talk to anybody. But you took the call, so. Yeah. <laughs> Where she called in, probably. I don't know. Tony Dow was pretty good too. Uh, Jim would ask a question, and he would go, uh, yeah. <sighs> um, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, it was and about 5.30 in the morning, I think. Yeah, where he was. I think he was in bed. I really do. <laughs> I guess that could happen. Yeah. Who who do we have here? Well, put on the headphones, huh? We'll just... <laughs> oh, you don't need to give me a chair. Thank you. Oh, see. All right. Yeah. Oh, I'm just well, here. here to, my, my time's up anyway. I'm just here to shoot your, your last minutes on air. You are. Yeah. The, the last minutes. This is kind of like <laughs> a death row. No, no, no. She's here for the wake. <laughs> on my way to the guillotine, yeah. <laughs> well, good to have you with us. Thank now, you. you're working for? Channel 13. 13? Mm-hmm. Yeah. WIBW. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a reporter. Uh-huh. Well, I've seen you. I know you occasionally, are, but, uh, uh, occasionally listen, sits in on the anchor seat, too. don't know who you are, huh? Occasionally anchor. Oh, I hope all the time. Well, I've, seen yeah. I've seen you Hopefully. Do that. That's an unusual camera. Yeah, well, they don't let me take the huge ones. Well, yeah. they, they would, but I just can't carry them because they weigh like 50 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Which I could carry. I guess I'd be, uh, yeah, it has terrible audio on this camera. But uh, everyone asks me, is this for the web when I shoot with this? Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's actually for TV. Yeah. So. Where did you go to school? I went to Northwest Missouri State. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Seriously. They're the people that beat Pittsburgh State every year. Yeah, yeah. always. Ooh. Are you from Missouri? Uh, yeah, I'm from Kansas City. Well, a little east, Blue Springs. A town I've heard of. Mm-hmm. I'm from Liberty originally. Oh. And I went to Northwest Missouri. Did you? Yes, I did. Wow. Yeah. Look at Small that. world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Great school. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Hey, look, we have that camera, too. Mm-hmm. Well, Doug Mays, former House Speaker Doug Mays, has joined us. But just for a little bit. I've got I've got to run. I just want to stop by and, and uh, you know, for the wake. And 
Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Shewell, I think I know where to catch you on the, in the afternoons if I want to get you. Yes, indeed. Jeremiah Bullfrogs, by the way, folks, a longtime sponsor of the yeah. show, 29th and Wanamaker. <laughs> you playing cards? I will yeah. be doing that. Yeah. This is it. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, was 14 years off and on? 14 years. 14 yeah. years. Uh, you were the original Tea Partier, I think. Uh, just uh, virtually yeah. everything the Tea Party has stood for, you were talking about years ago. Yeah. You ruffled yeah. some feathers. Uh, <clears throat> had your uh, friends, a few detractors, and a few people that refused to come on your program. But uh, had a few. But, you know, not that many. Um, as far as elected officials in Kansas, very few wouldn't come on. In fact, I've gotten some nice emails over the past couple of weeks from a lot of leading Democrats in the state. And, uh, so. and Lynn Jenkins asked me to, to, <laughs> to say something to you, you know, about, about your did. retirement. Sum it up in one word. Well, Yay! <laughs> Make sure I've got my finger on the mute button. No, Lynn. Uh, Lynn's a nice gal. I know. But uh, Lynn... You know, I was a strong Jim Ryan supporter and uh, would continue to be. If Jim Ryan were still running against Lynn Jenkins, I would be on the Jim Ryan side in the Jim Ryan camp. And I got to know Nancy Boyda. In fact, I just talked to Nancy a few nights ago. And Nancy and I have become good friends. And I think Nancy did a wonderful job in terms of constituent service. I think in terms of a work ethic, Nancy Boyda should be commended. In fact, Earl Glenn and I were talking about uh, Nancy, the reason that I got to know Ron Paul, and the reason Ron Paul, Congressman Paul, was on this show was as a result of Democrat Congresswoman Nancy Boyda. She set that up for me. Uh, Nancy's husband at the time set it up. Jesse Ventura was a guest on this show as a result of the Boyda family. Really? Yes. So, yeah. So, at any rate, nothing against Lynn. It just seems like... Uh, She's always kind of been at that wrong place at the wrong time, so to speak. And she took it somewhat personal, I guess, toward the end. So, I don't know. I know her, her voting record's been good over the past two years, so I'll give Lynn credit hey, for that. Hey, she's on Ways and Means. Yes, she Yoder's is. on Appropriations. Yeah. And Heels Camp is on Budget. Yeah. That's, uh, Who's going to replace Heels Camp? I don't know. We've got to got run. Dave Jackson coming up. Okay. Doug Mays, my friend, always good to see you. And, good to uh, see you. Stop good, to have you. Uh, good to have you in the neighborhood now. Don't be a stranger. Our Sherwood community is getting uh, littered with former members of our city council. Yeah, I just want to say that had, uh, had Sherwood, the annexation, actually ever gone to a vote on the city council, you know this to be the truth, I was going to vote against it. I didn't God think it made you. sense. I didn't think it made sense. I've told you that before. Yes, you did. And yes, I, did. I felt robbed by the legislature yeah. not having the chance. And then, and now you're one of us. I am. Yes. Well, it's good to have you with Who us. Who thought it? Bye-bye. Dave Jackson on deck. Stay tuned. An hour to go, folks. I'm Jim. Jackson's Pink. Greenhouse, your plant shopping center. Let Jackson put a big smile on your home. Landscape planning and design, we listen and we take the time. We're professionals and we're out to make it known. We're your plant shopping center all the way. Jackson's Greenhouse has what you need today. Residential or commercial, we're at your service. Landscape to lawn supplies that you like best. From roses, flowers, shrubs, and trees to everything your garden needs. Jackson says just come in, be our guest. Jackson's Greenhouse, your lawn and garden place. 
We're your plant shopping center all the way. At Jackson's Greenhouse, we're out to make your day. Hi, I'm Richard Roundtree. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yes, you heard me right. Men get breast cancer too, and men need just as much help understanding what their doctors tell them as women do. But where do you go to get that kind of help? Go to breastcancer.org, a special place on the Internet that helps you understand the kind of cancer you have, your treatment options, and all the big words your doctor uses. Breastcancer.org is the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. Eyewear Unique is a fun, upscale optical shop located in Topeka. They may be in mid-America, but their frame selection is world-class. The expert staff will help you into your first really awesome pair of high-quality eyewear. Their designer frame selection will hold its own against the finest shops in New York or L.A. Eyewear Unique is not just another optical shop. They are truly new and different. They are not interested in selling you a pair of glasses. They are interested in selling you eyeglasses for the rest of your life. Your face is a work of art, and it deserves a great frame. Eyewear Unique offers top-of-the-line designer frames with names like Etnia, Barcelona, Lunor, Robert Mark, LA Eyeworks, Bevel Specs, House, Oliver Peoples, Ray-Ban, and Oakley, just to name a few. The frames run from stylish and affordable $90 eyewear to the extraordinary Fossa Frost line. Located at 4008 Southwest Huntoon Street in Topeka or visit them on the web at eyewearuniquetopeka.com. Take your face to the next level. Eyewear Unique. Eyewear for life. This is Risa with Lauer Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. We are not just your heating and air conditioning experts. We also can take care of any of your plumbing needs, including sewers and backflow preventers. So call us now at 357-5123. Welcome back to Jim Cates at cjonline.com. Our phone lines are now open at 295-1150 or email jim at jim.cates at cjonline.com. Here's Jim. Okay, we are back. Good morning, Dave Jackson. Good morning. How Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Oh, great. Uh, sadly, however, because this being your last broadcast, I hate that. Yeah, you're not too sad because you're headed to Hawaii in a couple of weeks. So, Actually, what day is today? Today 17th? is the 17th. Ten, six, nine days. Nine days. Nine, nine days nine and you're days. gone. Right. The day after Christmas, you mm-hmm. are on your way. Oh, dark See? 30, yes, sir. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Fun stuff. And you're going to be there until the middle of February, coming back in time to for the annual Lawn and Garden Show. Actually, yes. And then and Annette and I will be back in time for her to do Valentine flowers for those folks that uh, still send flowers to their beloved. Uh, we'll, she'll be back on the 13th. And, of course, Valentine's this year is on the 14th, Monday. So she'll have all of those uh, arrangements done so folks can call in and be assured that they'll have their deliveries on Monday the 14th. So. You bet, 232-3416. Yeah. And again, folks, speaking of calling in and emailing, jim.cates at cjonline.com. And that email address is going to be good for about another hour, and that's it. So, folks, don't attempt to email after uh, 11 o'clock this morning because that's when the plug is going to be pulled, but thanks to everybody for sending some very, very, very kind emails over the past uh, few days. I do appreciate it. And again, our phone number, 295-1150. We'll open up our phone lines as well for calls. This is your last show, and uh, Dave Jackson, this is it for you as well. Right. 
We did have a call last hour, by the way. That's what he said. Uh, Jim Foster, uh, long-time listener, and kind of the Osage County watchdog, if you will. Oh, uh uh-huh. If something's going on in Osage County, Jim pretty much has his eye on it, and uh, good guy. Mm -hmm. But his question basically dealt with overseeding. Yep. Is now the time to do it? I told Jim we've talked about that a couple of times on the show, but... We decided that it was. Now that we've got this cold weather, it's time to do dormant overseeding. Matter of fact, our guys did uh, one lawn this past week uh, of overseeding. Somebody that had missed it, uh, they were over and did some cleanup and then overseeded. I'm going to do mine uh, here this week. I've got the seed there. I've got the big giant pile of leaves raked up that the grandkids raked up and put in the middle of the yard. They put them. They do a four foot pile of leaves at Thanksgiving and put it in my yard. I had the uh, Got that all rid, and now I have the bare grass where the yard used to be. Look, <laughs> we'll overseed and fertilize. Okay, you said the best time actually to overseed would be, well, you said really it doesn't make any difference. Your preference was to attempt to overseed right prior to a major snowfall. That's my preferable time. Well, K-State says right after a snowfall on top of the snow. Not sure why the difference, but... Um, yeah, I'm going to go with yours uh, because, again, that seed laying on top of the snow, pretty attractive to the geese <laughs> in yeah. and around Sherwood and the whole mm-hmm. nine yards. That could be great food for an animal, a uh, hungry animal. But right. taking There's a look at the forecast over the past, uh, next week, 10% chance of snow every day. But that's it. I mm-hmm. mean, 10% as good or slash bad as it gets in terms of precipitation. Not much. Not much, right. Uh-huh. Doesn't look like a white Christmas quite unless something changes. Yeah. <clears throat> Which, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> True enough. No. True. Now, no, give me a sand-colored Christmas. I hope someday that's what I'll see. Just looking out. Uh... Well, in Hawaii, you have your choice. You've got black sand beaches. You've got sand-colored beaches. You've got the green sand beach. Yeah. That's a new beach, by the way. Yeah. But, uh... Well... It's um, clothing optional, I should I should say. I've, I've been there. We were not nude. But I've been there and seen people that were nude. You have been there. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, sure. It takes a Jeep to get there, or you really want to have to... Or parachute in. I mean, we're talking clothing optional. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever it takes, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm just getting a little long in the tooth, I guess, to be... Anywhere to where it's clothing optional, I need to keep my clothes on. Well, so did this uh, this this person that I saw that was nude down there. It would have been better had she remained clothed. <laughs> but I mean, uh, anyway, it's an interesting place. It's a great place to be. The Big Island of Hawaii has so much. Yeah. So many different things. Well, Earl's still with us. Earl, do you want to come over and strap on the headphones? You're certainly. More than welcome to sit in on the conversation. Earl's taking pictures, I guess. Yeah. We're not sure what he's going to... He said he's going to post it on YouTube or something. This is going to be a very informal hour because this is it. This is the last hour, so this is going to be an informal one. Jim, I had a uh, poinsettia all picked out, and it's on the counter there for you. And guess what? I zipped by yeah. with my bags and all of this other kind of stuff, and the poinsettia is on the counter for you at the greenhouse. So I'm going to have to track you down or something later today or... Whatever, because yeah. it's, it's all just packed and ready to go. Yeah, put my name on it. This is for Jim Cates. And, uh-huh. uh, yeah, that's nice. Can you see? St- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well intentioned. But then you're going to stop yeah. by and get it, or am I going to have to bring it to you now? <laughs> Tell you where I'm headed. I just got an email from uh, a listener, Joe, 
And I'm going to be calling Joe. Well, I can't call Joe because I don't have a phone number for Joe. Who's Joe? Well, somebody that has uh, some old records. Yes, indeed. Oh, okay. In fact, I think I'll just answer Joe right now. Hmm. Oh, boy. This is going to be fun stuff. He's going to multitask, I guess. Why don't you have a conversation with... uh, Earl Glenn, this is much more important. <laughs> yeah. Earl, you got your uh, you got your Christmas tree yet? Uh, we're you, pretty bad about that this year. You are with, well, the kid, still... with, with kids not being around. You know, just it's just not the same. Well, uh, we've still got some really nice. It's, it's uh, never too late. Right, really nice. Uh, the uh, Fraser firs at and they're four to five footers, twenty nine ninety nine. That wouldn't be a, a terrible budget buster. The difference between our trees and the ones that you get at Kmart or Walmart or Westlake Hardware or whatever is ours are from a small family farm in North Carolina they cut them fresh I mean they're cut literally just before they load them on the truck these other big nurseries cut them in October and they lay there they get pretty dry and they get really you can shake them and they just look like uh, the, the needles just fall out. And you can tell by the color and the smell. The smell. I think the smell. You wouldn't have the, the same room. So anyway, twenty nine ninety nine, and that, that's a great buy on a Fraser for, uh, I'm lucky to have found that particular supplier. Uh, Jim.Cates at CJOnline.com. I just hope this email's for real. It says I have a large collection of 33 and 45 RPM records that need a new home. And I just hope this is for real because this is the Christmas season, and you don't want to be playing tricks on old people. Mm-hmm. It's no. right. <laughs> so your 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 turntable still working after all these? Oh, years? absolutely, absolutely. And I've got a jukebox the whole nine yards, but I'm trying to get a copy of everything that's ever been recorded on a 45. So wow. what? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything? Mm-hmm. Well, at least they, they don't make many more. So yeah. LPs, <laughs> I'm kind of limited on what I'm really looking for, but 45s, I'm looking for everything. They stopped wow. making 45s back in the mid-90s, so it's been 15 years. Well, yeah, but good uh, grief. How, how many, do you have any idea how many you have and how many? Oh, did, I've got 30,000. When did they start? 30, hmm? When did they start? Was 1949. 49, okay. 1949, mm-hmm. when they started making 45s. And they phased out 78s in 1959, and then 45s ran up through the mid-90s. And then, of course, then we had the cassette craze and the CDs and Mm -hmm. what have you. Eight tracks, don't forget those. Eight tracks back in the late 70s, short-lived. but uh, Thank goodness. Like like Betamax on on the recording. Yes, indeed, indeed. But there's been a million records recorded, probably a million out there or so. Wow. And you only have 33,000? I yeah, yeah. He, he's about thirty-three thousand ahead of me. I may have one or two somewhere in a closet somewhere. <laughs> That's D- don't even know why I have them, but well, I've got maybe a hundred. Uh, we I collected them in the late fifties and early sixties. Yeah, well, well I bought the been hits. Your era. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus you could buy them three for a dollar at the place that yeah, the jukebox. The guy that mm. well, the guy that had the jukebox. Jukeboxes all around town. Then when they came off the jukebox, you could go down and buy the hits after they. About a month after they came off, three for a buck. And so that's when I collected them. Well, if you're talking to somebody under the age of 30, the chances are they don't know what a 45 right. RPM record is. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, I didn't realize that they came out, you said, in 40-something? 1949. So as a youthful kid, they were still fairly brand new for me. I had no idea that they were. I thought they'd been there forever. So no, yeah. See, our record player uh, only did 78s when right, I was a right. kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we had one of the crank up victories. I remember those. I remember and we had all kinds of neat records. We'd listen to them, put our head in the box. Uh, you know, it was a it was a 
big big thing. Well, cool, my, really cool. Now, my childhood memories with this crank up it was tearing them apart. People would have them, they wouldn't work. See, as a kid, you know, just tear, take it apart. See, oh. See what the, they didn't work. They didn't work. So uh, I, didn't, I was ruining something good. I, <laughs> I don't know how the one would not work unless you cranked it too tight and broke that spring. Well, as a child, that might have happened. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. <laughs> well, we still have one of those in our living room. We haven't played, played it for years. But it's kind of a nice conversation piece. Mm-hmm. So, Well, Mom gave mine away, and, and I'm still upset about that. Oh, boy. Really? Gave it away? Gave it away to my aunt, and uh, I never could get it back for without asking. I mean, you know. Because anyway. electricity wasn't involved. Is it crank? Is it yeah. spring? And right. No batteries? No, wow. Nothing. No. Uh-uh. The first first electric uh, one we got was at Christmas one year, and it lasted roughly 10 days, two weeks or something. It, it mm. was one of these little square boxes, and it did not go yeah. very long at all. Yeah. It just didn't play those 78s. It got wore out that fast. When they had those stackable 45 things, mm-hmm. you oh, I had those 10 or 12 and, mm-hmm. and play, play 45. Well, even the 33 is the same way. Uh, yeah, sure sure could. The changers, record changers. Yeah. You didn't see many 33s, you know, back in the early days of rock and roll because record no. manufacturers figured, well, kids don't have that kind of money to spend mm-hmm. for an album. And it was into uh Gosh, those albums 60s. were like 12 bucks or oh, something even when they came yeah, yeah. So everything back in the late 50s, early 60s, it was on a 45 with very few albums. My first 33 was Chet Atkins with a white sport coat. And a uh, Marty Robbins. Chet Atkins. Chet Atkins, the guitar player. Uh-huh. Okay, it was the instrumental white sport coat then. Because mm-hmm. Marty Robbins was, he had the record out in 1957. Yep. Right. A white sport coat mm-hmm. and a pink carnation. Yeah, it was Marty Robbins did that, but it was just it was a Chet Atkins because I really liked guitar. Anybody want to hear me sing, by the way? I'm well, all dressed up for the dance. <laughs> I that, think I'll that, look, that looks real good on video, Jim. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> sure it was. <laughs> we'll it. pass on that. We need to take a break. Earl Glenn's still with us. KansasWatchdog.org. Folks, if you haven't checked it out, please do so. Dave Jackson. Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center, 1933 Lower Silver Lake Road. And this is it. Uh, Dave and Annette, they're on their way to Hawaii. December the 26th, and well, I was going to say I'm on my way to the unemployment line. I'm not. Mm. Social Security, not unemployment, mm-hmm. uh, at 11 o'clock today. So, folks, this is it. So if you've got a gardening question, if you want to ask it on the air, you can give us a call at 295-1150, or you can email us at jim.cates at cjonline.com. Or if you want to visit with Dave after 11 o'clock today, you can always call him at Jackson's Greenhouse at 232-3416. Stay tuned. More to come. Jackson's Greenhouse, your plant shopping center. Let Jackson put a big smile on your home. Landscape planning and design, we listen and we take the time. We're professionals and we're out to make it known. We're your plant shopping center all the way. Jackson's Greenhouse has what you need today. Residential or commercial, we're at your service. Landscape to lawn supplies that you like best. From roses, flowers, shrubs and trees to everything your garden needs. Jackson says just come in, be our guest. Jackson's Greenhouse, your lawn and garden place. We're your plant shopping center all the way. At Jackson's Greenhouse, we're out to make your day. 
Hi, I'm Richard Roundtree. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yes, you heard me right. Men get breast cancer too, and men need just as much help understanding what their doctors tell them as women do. But where do you go to get that kind of help? Go to breastcancer.org, a special place on the Internet that helps you understand the kind of cancer you have, your treatment options, and all the big words your doctor uses. Breastcancer.org is the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. Eyewear Unique is a fun, upscale optical shop located in Topeka. They may be in mid-America, but their frame selection is world-class. The expert staff will help you into your first really awesome pair of high-quality eyewear. Their designer frame selection will hold its own against the finest shops in New York or L.A. Eyewear Unique is not just another optical shop. They are truly new and different. They are not interested in selling you a pair of glasses. They are interested in selling you eyeglasses for the rest of your life. Your face is a work of art, and it deserves a great frame. Eyewear Unique offers top of the line designer frames with names like Etnia, Barcelona, Lunor, Robert Mark, LA Eyeworks, Bevel Specs, Freudenhaus, Oliver Peoples, Ray-Ban, and Oakley, just to name a few. The frames run from stylish and affordable $90 eyewear to the extraordinary Fossa Frost line. Located at 4008 Southwest Huntoon Street in Topeka or visit them on the web at eyewearuniquetopeka.com. Take your face to the next level. Eyewear Unique. Eyewear for life. This is Risa with Lauer Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. We are not just your heating and air conditioning experts. We also can take care of any of your plumbing needs, including sewers and backflow preventers. So call us now at 357-5123. Welcome back to Jim Cates at cjonline.com. Our phone lines are now open at 295-1150 or email jim at jim.cates at cjonline.com. Here's Jim. Okay, we're back with Dave Jackson, Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center. And Earl Glenn, Earl, while we were on break, you were talking about uh, compost piles. And Dave mm-hmm. and I, were, we were talking about that last week. Now, you have one for a rather unique reason. Well, a couple <laughs> couple, couple years ago, I uh, right around Christmas time, I looked out in my backyard and they had some foxes that were sunning there. But I had a pile of leaves that didn't go kind of an overflow from my compost pile. And they used that for bedding, so... It seemed to attract them to my into my backyard to hang out. I I like fox more than I do rabbits. So, all right, they seem to take care of the problem. And they really so uh, you must be an avid gardener if you're trying to get rid of rabbits in your. Well, I I was more avid in the past. I kind of gave up with the rabbits, but it's just amazing to watch those animals because they can jump on fences, they can jump over fences, they can almost walk down a fence. They're very very agile. So, have you but, ever heard that as a reason for having a compost pile? Well, to attract that's foxes. a new, new reason. Too bad the show's ending. We can talk about that next year. It only happens once or twice a year at best, so I tried. <laughs> that and I had no place else for the leaves anyway. So Right. That's great. Wow. Well, it's good that you're composting. That's really a good a good uh, plan. Well, you know, I, I learned that in the early 60s. I worked for a woman uh, growing up, and she had me rake her leaves, and um, she she taught me composting way back then. So mm-hmm. and It was all for gardening. It was it was, it was to, to create that compost to use in her garden. Right, because... Unless you live in a valley around here, you don't. You're not. We're not blessed with great soil on the upland here. Well, you it's can pick up a free composter at Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center. You just simply need to stop by the county extension office first, get a coupon, take that coupon out to Jackson's, and they'll give you the kit for right. setting up a compost pile. Exactly so, right. You betcha. So it's a totally free thing, totally neat thing to do, <clears> really. And foxes is maybe an added benefit if you're living along an area that's got a natural pathway along a 
creek or stream. Well, we're about a half a mile. I mean, the last half mile for these foxes was they had to go through you know residential areas. So I was kind of really? surprised to see them. Uh, so we're, we're quite a ways from uh, you know. Hmm. Well, if you're in Johnson County. You're right off of 435 yeah. west of 435. Well, 435, and this is very close to 435 in Quivira, so it's right there in the middle of everything. But You've got to be west of the interstate then. Uh, we're just north of 435 on the south side of town, so. Okay, okay, okay. But there's a there's So a the fox path. had to work their way across the interstate to get to you then. Yeah. Well, there's a, we think they, they came under, underneath the highway, you know, mm -hmm. about a half mile away. There's okay. a big uh, area. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. We've got foxes in our neighborhood, or we see foxes. It's not unusual to see a fox at Lake Sherwood. Very unusual to see a deer, which has always surprised me. Me too. Because of the body of water. You've sure. got 258. That, that it would be real surprising. Yeah. Because you see a deer. deer everywhere. So. Yeah. 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 They, uh, pretty much in our front yard uh, quite frequently. Yeah. Well, I saw wild turkeys in Shawnee, I mean, on the near 435, and that was in a fairly urban area there, so... Uh, wild turkeys can be seen just about everywhere. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's something else we're seeing a lot of in Shawnee County, are wild turkeys. Yeah, I had never seen a wild turkey up until ten years ago, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. it's nothing unusual to drive up and down Yurish. Right, and see and forty see. or fifty of them over oh, there. Oh, easily, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, right. Yeah. Now, what's changing? It is. Yeah. It is. There's a well, deer. You know, Dave, when you and I were kids, and Earl, you might remember this in Wamego. You know, back in the '60s. If you saw a deer, it made your local hometown newspaper. Practically did, right. Yes, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. what's next? We have a bobcat, a plethora of bobcat around. That, well. that I haven't seen. They're so. pretty reclusive. You have to really, and they, of course, uh, are sandy colored, so, or, or leaf colored. Harder to see. Hard to see, quicker. But uh, if you, uh, my son-in-law, of course, has a, one of these game cameras, and and he's he clicks. Oh, where he can they can see him out mm -hmm. in the wild. He, mm -hmm. Yeah, he clicks those uh, bobcats every now and then. They live just over the hill from us on the um, eighty across the road from from where we live, which is just north of Topeka. I mean, right north, a hundred yards of the city city boundaries. Yeah. Which would, if uh, Joan Wagner had had her way, it would be in the city at this point. <laughs> you know, hey, I we need I need to tell something. What this woman has done. If you talk about evil incarnate, <laughs> I'm serious. What she did last week, all of the unclassified positions uh, they posted for, as open, so every employee that they have had to reapply for their position at Christmas. But isn't for, that part of the change of administration, though? Was had nothing to do with Brownback or anything else. It's just just something that uh, I don't know why she did it. Hmm. The people in the positions don't know why she did it. They had no notice. Well, that's All of a sudden, their positions were open. Would the transition team have asked for that? No, I checked with uh, Kim Borchers. I checked with uh, um, Jay Emler. Um, none of those people said this had nothing to do with the transition. This was something that she did on her own. Uh, now. Whether it's it's so that the people get the positions and she can move them into classified and and uh, or something like that, but uh, there was no assurance that they would get their position back. 
They had to apply for it as if it, that position was vacant. You must be curious to study that before and after and see what happened to all of them. Well, it would, but uh, anyway, that's a, a call I got from a couple uh, Department of Is Revenue. Is this unusual, in other words, when you have a change of administration from Republican to Democrat, Democrat to Republican, as a way to protect the unclassifieds to get them shifted over into classifieds? Probably, but... but the mechanism uh, to do that, would that be the... That would probably be it. But, of course, when Sisbillius came into office... She asked to see a list of any unclassified move to classified within the previous 12 months. They were going to get them one way or the other, and did. I mean, but so, uh, I just uh, thought that was rather uncharitable at this time of year. Huh. Interesting. Uh, especially, I mean... Well, if it's unclassified, though, Dave Jackson, that person that's unclassified working for the Sibelius administration would probably know they're on the way out the door anyway, though, wouldn't they? Well, the, the Sibelius people, I mean, there's a lot of positions now any in the state government that are unclassified. Sibelius, I think, did that so that she could see that, so that they didn't count towards her count. That was the theory, at least, that some of the state employees said. She, If you remember, she came in and was going to make government more efficient, and she brought in the guy from SBG and all of that uh, to... Uh, Mm-hmm. to streamline government, save these millions of dollars, and, and she wound up costing us millions of more dollars, actually, when the rubber met the road. Hey, a call coming in? No, that, that's... That's a different call, huh? Not no, 1150? No, that's our phone. Go to the phones. Good morning. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Hey, this is Terrence out of Manhattan. Well, Terrence, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, Terrence. Going to New hey. York? Hey, Dave. Yeah. I just wanted to call and tell Jim we're going to really miss him, and Manhattan's not going to have anybody to talk about anymore. No. <laughs> well, Terrence, I really appreciate the call. Are you going to go to New York, or are you headed uh, to the Pinstripe Bowl? No, my wallet can't afford that trip. It'd be a costly one. I could, but I just wanted to give you a call and uh, wish you the best of luck, and we're going to miss you. And we still have flights out of uh, Manhattan if you need them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I called. <laughs> yeah. Well, Terrence lined up uh, a guest for me a couple of three weeks ago. Peter Van Curen, I believe is his name, and he's the executive director of the Manhattan Regional Airport. What a great guest. What a sharp individual. Terrence, you're lucky to have him, but I do appreciate you lining that up for me. Oh, uh, no problem. And like I said, we're feeling the hand of the best, and... And they will keep stopping in at the shop. Okay. Then we'll see you next fall for sure. All right. Well, let's go then. Okay. Terrence, thanks so much for the call. You bet, then. Bye. Terrence Stewart, huh? Yep. Loyal loyal listener of uh, your show. Right. And Just a K-State a fan for sure. And yeah. stops at our, our uh, tailgate um, three or four times a year. And we chat for a little bit. And uh, so anyway, we'll miss... Uh, Miss being doing this show on Fridays for sure. How are tickets going? Now, Earl, you're a K-State grad. K-State grad, but I'm not so good in the athletic department. So Dave's a K-State grad. My wife works for K-State. How are ticket sales for this Pinstripe Bowl going? You know, it's not only the tickets to the game. It's staying overnight in New York City over the holidays. That's got to be pricey. Yeah, yeah. This is a rather unique situation. What, what, $400 a night for a room, maybe? It could be, although I'm seeing, um, uh, I got I take Travel Zoo, and there's some um, some bargains being offered. I guess one or two nights, that's not that, as things go, that, that could be done. 
Well, yeah, if you can if you can get in under 200, and I'm seeing that uh, on some of those travel sites. Really? That, yeah. that, that would be a good deal. Mm-hmm. For New York City, not bad. Not you got to sit out in 15-degree weather to watch a football game. Yeah, that's the bad deal, and I've done that, and that's not a lot of fun. Uh, just got an email from Myron. Uh, MyOwnFaith2.com is his uh, website, and he's got a lot of pictures from past shows posted, so folks, if you want to check that out. And a nice email from Susan Proctor. Uh, Susan and I met last summer at a friend's uh, mutual friend's garage sale to benefit the Capper Foundation. So, neat lady. Susan, thanks so much for the email. We need to take a break. Dave Jackson, Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center. Earl Glenn's with us. Stay tuned. More to come. I'm Jim Cates. Jackson's Greenhouse, your plant shopping center. Let Jackson put a big smile on your home. Landscape planning and design, we listen and we take the time. We're professionals and we're out to make it known. We're your plant shopping center all the way. Jackson's Greenhouse has what you need today. Residential or commercial, we're at your service. Landscape to lawn supplies that you like best. From roses, flowers, shrubs, and trees to everything your garden needs. Jackson says just come in, be our guest. Jackson's Greenhouse, your lawn and garden place. We're your plant shopping center all the way. At Jackson's Greenhouse, we're out to make your day. Hi, I'm Richard Roundtree. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yes, you heard me right. Men get breast cancer too, and men need just as much help understanding what their doctors tell them as women do. But where do you go to get that kind of help? Go to breastcancer.org, a special place on the Internet that helps you understand the kind of cancer you have, your treatment options, and all the big words your doctor uses. Breastcancer.org is the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. Eyewear Unique is a fun, upscale optical shop located in Topeka. They may be in mid-America, but their frame selection is world-class. The expert staff will help you into your first really awesome pair of high-quality eyewear. Their designer frame selection will hold its own against the finest shops in New York or L.A. Eyewear Unique is not just another optical shop. They are truly new and different. They are not interested in selling you a pair of glasses. They are interested in selling you eyeglasses for the rest of your life. Your face is a work of art, and it deserves a great frame. Eyewear Unique offers top-of-the-line designer frames with names like Etnia, Barcelona, Lunor, Robert Mark, L.A. Eyeworks, Bevel Specs, Freudenhaus, Oliver Peoples, Ray-Ban, and Oakley, just to name a few. The frames run from stylish and affordable $90 eyewear to the extraordinary Fossa Frost line, located at 4008 Southwest Huntoon Street in Topeka, or visit them on the web at eyewearuniquetopeka.com. Take your face to the next level. Eyewear Unique, eyewear for life. This is Risa with Lauer Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. We are not just your heating and air conditioning experts. We also can take care of any of your plumbing needs, including sewers and backflow preventers. So call us now at 357-5123. Welcome back to Jim Cates at cjonline.com. Our phone lines are now open at 295-1150 or email jim at jim.cates at cjonline.com. Here's Jim. 
Okay, we are back. Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center. And the headlines, big headlines. Big headlines. Paper. Enjoy the beauty of Christmas at Jackson's. Now, when we're talking about enjoying the beauty, we're not talking about Dave, folks. No. Mm-mm. No, huh? Talking no. about poinsettias that you've got. That's beauty at Jackson's. Poinsettias and the decorated trees and all of that kind of stuff in the store. It's just pretty. Just pretty in there. So, anyhow, we... Uh, Still have poinsettias. Yeah, we'll... Uh, We'll have uh, probably probably have close to a thousand left over of the six and a half inch. We're sold out of the big ones. Eight and ten inch are all gone, pretty much spoken for. What are in the greenhouse still need to go to some different uh, locations. Of course, we hold poinsettias for some of the churches. They don't want them until Christmas Eve. Right, right, right. So we we'll hold them and grow them, and those those are ordered. But uh, like last year and, and the year before, we'll wind up donating probably 500 to uh, Meals on Wheels for them to take to the shut-ins around town, and uh, then the rest uh, will. And these are the lesser ones, of course. Will go to the compost pile. You said churches. Mm-hmm. Christmas. What's what do churches have to do with Christmas? Churches. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, a little tongue-in-cheek there. Well, I think, you know, there's probably a few people that have forgotten that there is a connection, isn't there? Well, at least with Christian churches. Uh, we don't sell a whole lot of them to the Muslims, but uh, that I can tell. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's a connection. And so we uh, uh, we probably supply 60 or 70 churches in town and around this immediate area with poinsettias. Yeah. And but that's not uh, with the times being hard. Their their orders have gone down a little bit, and that uh, prompts extra ones being being grown that we don't have a home for, uh-huh. unfortunately. But anyway, uh, I need to do a little bit better job of pre-selling, I guess. That's pretty tough, I'd imagine. So well, it is. It's hard for people to get excited in July about poinsettias because that's when we start them. Is yeah. is July, and they're actually ordered in in June. Or whatever. What I should be doing is sending a letter out and asking if they want to duplicate their order for next year and then log in back into the order from there. Help you on your planning there. Mm -hmm. Now, where are you on a website now? Jacksonsgreenhouse.com. We are looking. It's Kevin Dole that's working on it. TK used to be TK Magazine, Mm -hmm. and we're uh, we're within two or three weeks. I'm hoping. I'm looking to having, start having a site up and running. That's, Good. Yeah, that's Good running you. actually. We have, of course, there's a site there, but nothing happens when you get it except our phone number and address and all that kind of stuff. We're we've uh, putting up some of our uh, Annette's and Dave's tips as in terms of uh, uh, timely tips. There'll be little whatever you call it, vignettes. Actually, they're the we're taking them from our television, 20-second shots of, of the tell them what it's time to do and, and what they so, should So you're be saying little YouTube videos of, of how to do different gardening tips? Yeah. That that should be very helpful. Well, I hope so. And as we get a chance, we'll try to to put some more up as we get better at this. When you get that younger crowd in their 30s that have it on their cell phone, then they can, they can look Absolutely. at their gardening tips. Right. And, yeah. And or that new little yeah. chip that's on the, on the uh, Fertilome's coming out with that new little chip. If they have that app, they can, they can... Oh, there's a fertilone chip. You're saying on there on the bottles of chemical, it will tell them exactly what that chemical will do and f- what it's for and all that kind of stuff. So, of so course, you, we have service, but I mean, you can be out in your garage or out in your yard with your cell phone watching the video of how exactly how to do something. That'll, mm-hmm. That's a new twist. Yeah, well, it, 
it's amazing what you have to keep up with now. We've got to figure out Facebook, oh, and we got to figure out how to Twitter and all that other kind of stuff. Oh, in your lifetime. Did you tweet? Uh, Not yet, but I have a, a young man that works for us that is, I'm going to task him to that. And, uh, so you can put your specials on Twitter, you yeah. know, Twitter, Twitter only specials. Right, or, uh, yeah, and tell people the moment that that product hits the store, the folks that we're looking for it. Or, well, Mark Murnahan. Uh, Picken has written a book on tweeting and tweeting. Oh, and yes. All that. I really? tweeted twice right before the 9 o'clock hour. Did you? Jim shows. <laughs> you know, call in. You know, it's his last day, so we tried to get the word out there. You know, in your lifetime, Dave Jackson, Earl Glenn, I'll ask both, the most important invention that's really changed your life the most, what would it be? I'd, um, more than... I can't. I don't know that computers have or not, but certainly it's between computers and cell phones, and now the two are kind of intermingled. Well, and it's very similar because I, I go back. I was kind of the nerdy guy in school, and uh, I used to have a slide rule. I actually that song that has the word slide rule in it. People don't I even know one. what a slide rule is. Sure, I had one. But I was like a junior at K State, and they came out with that four banger calculator. All it did was add, subtract, multiply, and divide. It cost like a hundred bucks. And that was the best invention at the time. Mm-hmm. And then within a year or so, there was a whole suite of, you know, $400, you know, scientific calculators. But that just changed school so much because you'd do all these crazy ways of calculating things that you just couldn't do mm-hmm. without did a calculator. Have, did you get the Commodore uh, 80 or did you get the one that was even before that, that little box? I was in the Heathkit camp. I, oh, I, my dad. Five, <laughs> by the way. So, Let's take a quick call and we'll come back to that. Good morning. Jim. Good morning. This is Troy Billadoo. Well, Troy, how are you doing, Coach? I'm doing good, man. Just wanted to wish you good luck in retirement. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Troy Billadoo, former quarterback, Seaman, uh, Silver Lake. Silver Lake, right. He didn't. And then went on to fame at uh, Fort Hay State, right? Yes. And indoor football coaching for the past dozen years or so. Correct. And most recently with the Chicago Rush, but now is coming to Topeka, and Ralph Adams has tabbed. Troy is the new head coach for the Kansas Coyotes. Well, good luck, Troy. That'll be great. I appreciate it. We're appreciate one, it. one of the sponsors of, with the Coyotes. Good deal. Well, you you know, I, I appreciate yeah. everything you've done, Jim. You know, you've been a good friend and enjoyed listening to your show and enjoyed being on your show and, you know, just wish you the best. Well, Troy, I wish you the best, too, my friend, and I'm sure we'll see each other. We uh, need to see you over at the Expo Center. And Come. the local watering hole as well. I know you'll be at Bullfrog, so that's not a problem. <laughs> come, Troy, come get a poinsettia, would you? I will, we man. Need, we got some extras. <laughs> Thanks. Troy, good to hear from you. And best of luck. The coyote season kicks off officially the first week of uh, April, I believe. I think we... Thanks, Jim. Oh, that is Troy there. Okay, okay. Troy. Take care, my Take friend. Care. Merry Bye. Christmas. 295-1150. Well, let's take another quick call. Good morning. We got calls galore. Hello. <laughs> Good morning, Jim. It's Sandy Kirk calling. Well, Sandy Kirk, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I am just doing great. Listen, Good I'm not going to take up a lot of time because I know there are other people that want to call. No, and... not really. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty much it. Oh, no. Well, I will encourage the others to call in. Just wanted to wish you the very best and hope uh, that I get to see you in the store every once in a while. And you're working for Hy-Vee now? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Is that where you're at? Okay. And uh, did you get my email? Yes, I did. Okay, if you just uh, give me a response on that, that would be fine. Response? Okay. He says response. You don't have to give it to me now. Are you not recording his face? Uh, <laughs> we're going to have people wondering, aren't we? Hey, that's well, okay. I, yeah, you I'm got Jim wondering. You said, I, I love you said. it. You said, I hope to see you at uh, Hy-Vee because you're working at Hy-Vee at 30th and Wanamaker. 
I'll look forward to it. Well, let me see. Find your email. And you don't listen. You don't have to come in until afternoon. You can just sleep in every morning. <laughs> All righty. I'm going to do that. I'm just going to make sure that Nancy's up and off to work, and then I'm going to roll over and go back to. That's right. That'll be your biggest job for the morning. Absolutely, it's going to be. Wait uh, a minute. You got to make breakfast for the lady before she goes. <laughs> listen, I wish you all the best. Sandy, and I'll thanks. talk. I'll talk to you later. Thanks so much for the call. All righty. Okay. Bye bye. Sandy Kirk, another delightful young lady, probably a customer of Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center. Well, I hope so. I, I I can picture her face kind of, but yeah, and her daughter Donna Swafford in Rossville. I'm sure they're good customers mm-hmm. of Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center. Wonderful people. You know the conversation. I think a cell phone probably would be the invention that's touched me. Mm-hmm. Personally, the most probably. You know, I don't go anywhere, anywhere anymore without my cell phone. Did you have one of That's those great big ones like that break your pocket? Oh, the, the, ri- the original one. Yeah, wasn't that something? Yeah. Well, my company that I worked for at the time, you know, gave us cell phones for our cars. And I said, "Well, yeah, this is going to be a cute little toy to play with." I don't know why the company would be spending all of this money, you know, for this goofy cell phone, but I'll have fun playing with it. Mm-hmm. My Lord. Yeah. I mean, just overnight, it changed my life. As I was driving, leaving Topeka on my way to Kansas City to make calls, calling on some of my credit unions, well, I was on the phone, you know, setting appointments and following up on this and following up on that. Just staying connected. Oh, my. my. It's interesting course, to see young kids. Oh, yeah, sorry, that's all right. But, well, back then, of course, you'd, you had all these black areas between Topeka and Kansas City. You'd talk fast. Yeah, talk fast because... And you knew yeah. where they were, I'm sure, if you were doing it every day or two or three times a week. You mm. knew where it hasn't been that long ago. I mean, yeah. It really hadn't. You're right. Oh, that's six months ago. There was still one on the Shawnee-Douglas uh, County line around the 187-mile marker on the turnpike. Yeah, that doesn't make you a handoff anticipate. very good, right? right. Yeah, yes. you can anticipate dropping a call. Right. Yeah. And there's still one at 46th and Topeka Boulevard if you're AT&T. Wow. Well, there's still one at uh, 10th and uh, Yearish if you're T-Mobile. Hmm. See there, we're still. <laughs> you started to say something, Glenn. Oh, I forgot. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> what do you have? AT and T, T Mobile, Sprint. You're probably Sprint. I'm in Johnson County. I've been on Sprint, trying to be a loyal customer there. But I just got a new Droid phone, so there's all sorts of bells and whistles on, on that thing. Even though I'm a kind of a computer techie person, um, it's, it's new to me. But it's battery management. The thing has four transmitters on it. You got to make sure. Like everybody likes these GPSs, but it takes power. Oh for man, that. do they? That so I turn, really eats up. I just turn the GPS off. I'm I'm going to buy a big external battery that I'll have in my backpack so I can run that, run my phone with. But I'm, I, I think I hit the mic there. Sorry about that. Uh, so I'm on the road. I go. I always have power. So that's mm-hmm. that's my plan. Well, mine's got plug-in, of course. Oh, this. But you get a battery the size no, of your phone, and then plug that in as an external battery if you See, really need. If you're uh, away from your car or something. Well, or if you're in the state house covering the house, you know you yeah. don't always have power over there. So you got you got to plan ahead. Well, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, the battery management you can you can go through a battery in a day. Dave uh, explained to easy. me. Earl and I touched on this last hour. Why it took Brownback to win an election to create a position called the Office of the Repealer. It makes so much sense. Getting dead legislation off the books. Why haven't we done this before? Well, uh, because... Being a former senator is the reason I'm asking you you the question. I, uh, I always felt like that was something that was necessary, but... Uh, without somebody specifically tasking a bureaucrat to do that, there wouldn't be any particular reason for them to do so. They'd, their job is to create regulation, and of course, 
there's a committee hearings uh, throughout the summer to hear what regulations have been promulgated and, and approve them. And, and I'm sorry to say that maybe some of the legislators that are on that committee don't take their job quite as seriously as they should because there's always the what-if situations that they don't think about. So this is a great move, and I know Brownback was made fun of because he prom uh, promulgated that during the campaign, but we'll see. If it's done right, it should do well. But just like legislative post-audit, we'll get on that, I guess. That sounded like a good idea as well, but the trouble is is that they become too tied in with the bureaucracy, and you never get really is what I consider to be a really straight answer with legislative post-audit. Post they they will not, um, either that or we're writing the instructions to them wrong, I don't know which, but you just don't get, you don't get that concise answer that you're really looking for. Do, do uh, you know why we don't have a state auditor like Missouri does? Uh, this is an independent person that can go in and audit whatever they think that needs to be audited. Well, was that originally a constitutional issue? I, I don't. I don't know. Kansas it's just Constitution. I guess it's not in the Constitution for, for one thing. But we stopped electing a state auditor when. Well, so, we did, so we did used to have one. You're saying? I don't recall ever. Before I moved to Kansas, okay. I think. Well, yeah. Well, we've I mean, been here since. Well, we've been in Topeka since '75. But didn't we elect a state printer at one time? Didn't we elect a state well, auditor? I don't about recall the, same the auditor. Time? I don't recall the auditor at all. But it's possible that there was okay. one. I think we'll reading back in my history, I certainly wasn't here when Kansas was doing that. But I think those two positions were eliminated at the same time, I think. You could be right. So, I don't know. That'd be a good one to know. Well, they didn't teach that in 8th grade Kansas history classes. <laughs> or, or, or I forgot. I don't remember what. Well, let's see. 8th grade Kansas history would have been... Actually, we had it in 7th grade, 59 for me. I don't know. It had been just a couple years later for me. So. Yeah. History, current events... We've sunk so low. <laughs> you know, the average eighth grader, what time, this, it wasn't a Kansas stat, but it was a, a national stat on the percentage of eighth graders that could name our vice president. And it was, what, a 35%, something like that, that could actually name the vice president of the United States. Current. You mean the 12. current vice president? Yes, the current one. And is that after showing them a picture or something to remind them, or? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. It was uh, just one of these things, uh, educational statistics on how much do our kids know. And that was one that, uh, in eighth grade stat, that 35% of our eighth graders in this country can name our vice president. Two-thirds, two out of three kids Could that not. are 12, 13 years old can't name our vice president. When we were growing up, I knew who it was. I think virtually everybody in my 35-person classroom knew yeah. who it was. Yeah. Well, especially this last time, because, I mean, it used to be when they ran, it was uh, the two names were more or less together on a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but then uh, that became, uh, uh, certainly you didn't see Biden on any sticker that I ever saw uh, on a car. You know, I or went any sign or any advertisement? Obama, Biden, did you ever see that? I went to Las Vegas for the first time last year, Jim. I went to the 
there's a uh, atomic testing museum there, and Joe Biden picked that day to have a fundraiser there, so I couldn't go. <laughs> really? <laughs> so my first trip. <laughs> really? And then when we went to leave town, they had to sh- shut down all the other. We couldn't we couldn't taxi and take off because Joe Biden had to leave town for another fundraiser. It was just it was just amazing. Where so. did he have his fundraiser? On the Strip? Well, no, this Did is he a, this completely was, shut down everything on the Strip for this fundraiser? No, that I don't know. It was just the to- Atomic Testing in- Museum there in Las Vegas. That would have been up northeast probably. Well, that's kind of north of the airport a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh, I've never yeah. been. And it, and it wasn't that far from the Strip either, but, you know, I picked the wrong place to go at 1 o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, that's well, unfortunate. But. First trip to Vegas. Joe Biden screwed it up. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, your well. first trip. Yeah. Wow. Second one scheduled for February, so. Well, the weather ought to yeah, be halfway be nice. It's, it's work. It's work related. So. Oh, is it? It's a cheap place to go have a business meeting right now because the hotel rooms are real oh, cheap. Oh my gosh, it is. Cheap. I don't understand why there's not more conventions in Las Vegas because of the cost. Well, I think we were going to meet on the East Coast, but it turned out that it's just as cheap to meet out there. So yeah, hotel. yeah. and you can get a really nice hotel room at a really. You know, Where are you staying? Do you know? Uh, Bellagio. Did I hear? Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah, and that's pretty Bellagio. much the top of the heap, right? <laughs> but it's only 149. I heard something like that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's where they just had the million and a half dollar theft yeah. of <laughs> chips was out of the Bellagio. No kidding. Yeah, four o'clock in the morning. Well, that's a pretty guy, place. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, walks in, steals a million and a half dollars. Oh. worth of chips, not uh-huh. currency, <laughs> chips. And those aren't imprinted at all with any yes. kind of a number. They are yes. imprinted. They're, oh, yes. they're tied to the hotel. So, you know, we're the education. But, but, I mean, but if they don't have a number, anybody's chips would work. Well, somehow they said they were tied to the hotel. Oh, every every casino has their own tailor-made chip pertaining to their casino. But if he stole the million and a half, like currency, I mean, you'd have a list of the numbers if you were getting it from the bank. Do they number their chips? No, but there is a chip within a chip. Oh, okay. Okay. In other words, the round chip that you've just stolen from the Bellagio, there is a chip in the chip, so they can run that through the chip detector for uh, counterfeit validity. Chips, so uh-huh. Okay. And they can just basically, you know, turn the computer off that any of these chips, that whoever it is attempts to cash, they basically have lock them up. <laughs> well, it's probably a silent alarm that goes off, and they just they come get you before yeah. they yeah. they Book. disable them. Yeah. Book them, Dano. So. But how could you walk into a casino and walk out with a million and a half dollars worth of chips? The guy supposedly parked his motorcycle right in front of the Bellagio, came in 4 o'clock in the morning. Well, do they have $1,000 chips there? $25,000 chips. Oh, oh is well. that why there's so few of them then? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, he stole everything from $100 chips up to 25000 just kind of a combination, a little bit of everything. So that'd go in a gym bag. Went into a backpack. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. saw it. There's video of him running out of the place. I've seen that yeah. on TV. Cool. Yeah. I, I missed that. Yeah. I'm not watching How could you get away with that? Uh, there should be a security employee or two that... Get tripping him, you know. <laughs> ...joining the Nevada unemployment, unemployed ranks. Yeah. And that's, yeah. A, that's a bad place to be in Nevada, in Nevada right yeah, now. Yeah, pretty high. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, we didn't unemploy the... Senator running for re-election. That is a shame. Yeah. Because Sharon still... Angle has been a guest on the show, another guest that's uh, been a guest on the show really? off and on for 14 years. No oh, kidding. Oh, 10 years. No yeah. kidding. I met Sharon 10 years ago back in D.C. at a conference, and this was one that was put on by uh, the Moonies, the Washington Times. You might have gone back a time or two uh, 
when you were in the legislature. But at any rate, that's where I met Sharon. Hmm. So Sharon has been a guest on this show a half a dozen times over the past ten years. Her grandmother lived in Kansas for a while. She still has an aunt here. Sharon never lived in Kansas, but a lot of Kansas relatives. Kansas ties, uh-huh. uh-huh. Kansas ties on her mother's side of the family. So, hmm. yeah. In fact, we had Sharon on the show 90 days before the primary election in Nevada. And it was a five-way primary, six-way, whatever it was. Sharon was running a distant third mm-hmm. behind uh, Danny Tarkanian, Coach Tarkanian's kid. Mm-hmm. He was kind of the conservative celebrity in the race. Sue Loudon, former Miss New Jersey, former anchor for a Vegas TV station. Yeah. Husband owned a couple of small casinos. Right. Yeah. She was the money in the race, the traditional Republican. And then Sharon Angle, running a distant third. The Tea Party of Nevada endorsed Sharon Angle about a week after she was on the show. She immediately went from third to where she was the leader. She was the front runner in Nevada. Tea Party was that strong. And ran a in good Nevada. Ran a good Close race, race against Reed. Uh, Reed. Reed. Could have run a better one. Could have. She lost by four to five points. Oh, okay. And uh, it was she was outspent by millions, though, wasn't she? Yeah, Reed outspent her, but uh, her handlers, frankly, I don't think, did a very good job. They were scared to death. They kept her away from the press, didn't yes. they? Yes. And the press just really turned on Sharon Angle, possibly justifiably so. She ran a stealth campaign. She refused to release her schedule for the next day, schedule of events where she was going to be, just to stay away from the press. So the she, campaign became rather bizarre, and I like Sharon Angle. But uh, they were afraid that Sharon, uh, who was being portrayed as this extremist candidate, she wasn't, but um, her handlers decided, well, we'll just kind of insulate her and not allow the press accessibility to her. And, uh, well, if, you're photo, if she's halfway photogenic and could smile, that would have really mm. been, would have been a big mistake because Harry Reid is neither, or has neither talent, not photogenic and not... A smile is not something yeah. that warms the cockles of your heart. But yeah, he had, Sharon was. But photogenic, telegenic. Well, then that's a big mistake. Didn't Reed have money and organization, and that's kind of what put him over. Oh, yeah. Uh, the organization money. in particular. Yeah, but I'll just kind of lay it at Sharon's handler's doorstep on this one. Well, you would probably uh, know better. They could have overcome it, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, because really what Sharon said... She wasn't that extreme. Homeschooled her children, and uh, <laughs> some, some, and uh, that was basically the Reed strategy was to portray this woman as being this lunatic fringe extremist. Well, she, she was neither. She just happened to be conservative, mm-hmm. and uh, there were a lot of votes that Sharon took when she was in the legislature. To it would be a forty-seven to one vote. Sharon would be the one. No vote, and Sharon's no vote, she was attempting to send a message that it's not that I really disagree with this bill, it's just that I think we can do better. Better. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of her message when she was in the legislature. Mm -hmm. We could do better. So, at any rate, I don't think we've heard the last of her. And uh, I know we haven't seen or heard the last of you, Dave Jackson. We're going to maintain contact. We'll We'll continue to be lifelong friends. hope so. uh, we will see you in February. We were just, we're out of time. We are. 1933 Lower Silver Lake Road, Jackson's Greenhouse and Garden Center. And again, folks, for any gardening question, 232-3416. And it's appropriate, I guess, that uh, 
Don Meredith died this last week. Did you want to give that song a choice, a, a try? Uh, the party's over. Turn out the lights. Yeah. Turn out the lights. The party's over. Folks, again, thanks so much for your support, your friendship over the past 14 years. And I'm sure we'll see many of you down the road. Have a great day, and Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you all. And thanks, Jim, for everything. Thank Good you, night. Jim.